legends of Yankees baseball. The home of Yankees baseball is WFAN. Hit number 3,000. Derek Jeter has achieved another milestone in his Hall of Fame career. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Sports fans, I'm Danielle McCartan. Danielle, in the daytime, it is still light, bright, and sunny outside. I'll be talking all things New York sports with you right up till 6 p.m. on this Saturday afternoon here in New York City with the UV index of 7 and the temperature sitting at 86 degrees. I do weather and traffic now, too. By the way, there's only uh, uh, two lanes open on the lower of the George Washington, just so you know. But whatever you're doing at the moment, I appreciate you tuning into my show right now and throughout. The rest of this afternoon, whether that be on your car radio, streaming from WFAN.com, or on the free Odyssey app on your boat, wherever you are. And of course, we are here, right here in the Big Apple. And Paul Rosenberg and I are coming to you live from the Mike Francesa studio, the Carton and Roberts studio here in lower Manhattan. And I'm back. And I've got something New York Yankees related to tell you about my three-time COVID postponed 10-day trip to Italy. That coming up a little later in the show because first we have to address this major gift for the New York Yankees that is this West Coast trip. So go ahead, start start your dialing at 877-337-6666 because if you remember all the way back the last time I was here, again, it was only a 10-day trip to Italy. I'm going to be taking your calls right here in this first segment. So, oh, what a trip. To the laid-back West Coast, what could that do for you? The slower pace of living, the no worries attitude, the exact opposite of what it's like to live and work here in our area. And for the Yankees, thank the Lord above for the American League West and and the Yankees' seven games against the worst team in the division, the Oakland A's, and the second-worst team in the division, the Los Angeles Angels. A little vitamin D, some low humidity, and some California dreaming is exactly what the doctor ordered for these New York Yankees who are still in the throes of their worst month of the 2022 season so far. And that, again, of course, in terms of wins and losses. And... Yes, the Yankees have taken two in a row from Oakland. And, you know, the first of which, what was that, Thursday night? I'm getting all my days mixed up. Thursday night, I mean, that first game had everyone watching. Yankee fans, athletics fans, and probably the players and managers and coaching staff and umpires wishing that Major League Baseball had a mercy rule. I think the final score was 13-4, to I believe. And then... When you look at you know the, the the Yankees' August win percentage, in, including the win Thursday night and the win last night, late last night, the Yankees' win percentage for the month of August is only three ninety one. That is the worst month by far for this twenty twenty two team. But hey, put your Ray Bans on, let your hair blow in that ocean breeze. There's a lot to be optimistic about this team while it is still exactly 2,908 miles away from home 
Yankee Stadium. And by the way, driving in today on the West Side Highway, you know, the, the breeze and the sunshine, and it just smelt like the ocean. The Hudson River smelt like the ocean. Like I closed my eyes and I'm, I'm, I'm on LBI. No, I'm, I'm on the West Side Highway. And I didn't close my eyes, by the way. Um, and you shouldn't either. But to be optimistic about this team, there, there's like three things that I kind of point to. One, and then we'll take your calls at 877-337-6666. One is, well, Giancarlo Stanton is back in the lineup, finally, after suffering that that Achilles injury. And, you know, last time he was in a game was July 23rd. And so, yes, the guy, he's still getting used to, to getting back up to, to game speed. He's only hitting 125 in his first two games back. But it takes a little bit. Give him a little bit, okay? Give him, cut him a break. You're not practicing hitting off of 98 mile an hour fastballs uh, before you ramp yourself back up. I don't think. But besides the fact that he's only hitting 125, Stanton's mere presence in that batting order makes pitchers think twice on how to attack it, because. Then you've got the guys hitting around Stanton. And, and, oh, by the way, a guy named, I don't know, Aaron Judge, who's likely to break Roger Maris's single-season home run record for the New York Yankees this season. Okay. Oh, just, I don't know, a guy like him. Bats around Stanton. And, and Rizzo, right? And, and these guys, theoretically, get more pitches to hit. That's the Giancarlo effect. And... You know, this morning, I I looked up some numbers, and I was like, you know what? I want to figure out what this Giancarlo effect really is. How did Aaron Judge do in the absence of Giancarlo standing in the lineup? And what I found, I I really couldn't believe, and I I don't know if I could explain, really. Maybe, well, here's what I found. Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but. In the days that that Giancarlo Stanton was missing from the lineup over the past month, I didn't go into like April, May, just this past you know month or so that he's been out. I looked at Aaron Judge's offensive numbers, and they are way better than the first X amount of games you know before the the, the July twenty third. So like, you know, what I'm trying to say like up through July twenty third, there was one set of numbers, and then July twenty third through I don't know two days ago, I did that block of numbers, and Aaron Judge's numbers are way better with Giancarlo Stanton not in the lineup. And the only thing that I could think about, right, because we just got done saying about how, you know, Stanton, you know, uh, the batters around him benefit by him being in the lineup, right? And that's all true. But then you look and you find that that Aaron Judge's numbers are way better. And I'm thinking the only thing I could possibly think about is the fact that with Stanton out, Judge batted or hit, a little bit farther down in, in the lineup. That I mean, right? That's the only thing I could think of. But maybe you have an answer. So give me a call. 877-337-6666. Um, but optimistic thing number one, Stanton is back in the lineup. Optimistic thing number two. And I know I was listening to Moose's show. Callers calling in about Garrett Cole. You know, he doesn't have the, the mental fortitude, right? Okay. Well, it's a fair point. It is. Because Garrett Cole, who despite being the first pitcher in the league, in Major League Baseball, to hit that 200 strikeout mark just last night. He's the first one to hit 200 strikeouts among all starting pitchers in the league. But Garrett Cole has been inconsistent at best 
to the naked eyes of the fans that watch him every day. He's got one win so far this second half of the season, and that was last night's win. And his ERA is, in the second half, it's over one whole run higher than it was in the first half. And he's got almost exactly one less strikeout per nine innings as compared to the first half. So Garrett Cole is not performing as well as he has been in the first half. And quite frankly, that first half wasn't good enough either. And I know, I know that in this second half, the Yankee lineup has not been helping out Garrett Cole. I mean, before last night's game, in his first four starts off the All-Star break, the Yankees scored just five total runs for him in those four games. It's like less than one a game. No, I'm sorry, a little over one a game. But maybe, just maybe, the Cole train is back on track because last night, he had 110 pitches in his outing, tied for fifth most in his start so far this season. Just last night, Cole had his fifth best fielding independent pitching number so far this season. I love that number. I love that stat because it focuses only on the pitcher. It, it takes into account or, or mm, like it doesn't, how do I say it? That number, like ERA, right? It, it's a, it has fielders involved in that. This is a fielding independent pitching. It takes out the fielders. And Garrett Cole had his fifth best one of the season so far last night. Maybe there's a turnaround. I'm just saying, maybe there's a turnaround. And he must have really been quite deceptive last night because he had the Oakland Athletic batters looking at 23 strikes. That tied a season high for Cole. Looking strikes. Not strikeouts, just strikes looking. A season high. And I know, I know it. We're talking about the terrible Oakland A's who have lost over 27% of their games so far this season in blowout fashion. And blowout as defined, not as Paulie D's hairstyle, but as defined as winning or losing a game by five or more runs. I, I get it. The A's are terrible. But maybe, just maybe, this is exactly what the doctor ordered. Who knows? The Coliseum wasn't built uh, all in one shot. It was one brick at a time, right? Maybe this is the first brick to something great for Garrett Cole. Maybe. And then, Meredith Morakovitz, during the broadcast last night, because I was watching on TV, probably had the best news yet. Clay Holmes is eligible to come back Monday. In Anaheim. And in his absence, Aroldis Chapman. And these, again, these are the games that Clay Holmes was inactive for. Aroldis Chapman has had an 8.1 ERA over just three and one-third innings pitched. I mean, enough said, right? I mean, maybe, maybe, though, it's not his fault. And it is, it is. But I'm just saying that maybe the manager has to do a better job of picking the spots on wherein to deploy a role this Chapman. Because over those eight, uh, three and a third innings where he's got an 8.1 ERA, the average leverage index for all of those 16 batters faced in that time is quantified as high leverage. We on this show have been talking for literally years now, how Aroldis Chapman is not a high-leverage pitcher anymore. 
and how he needs to be moved out of those situations. Last year I was saying it. In the postseason run last year, I was the only one saying it. And I only know that because I talked to the, the pitching coach last summer, about this time last summer, in the dugout at Yankee Stadium. And what I gathered from that conversation is that Aroldis Chapman is losing confidence. Well, since then, it's been a whole calendar year, and the guy still has no more confidence than he had then. So putting him in over these these past couple games in a high leverage index, uh, you know, all 16 batters face were high leverage, that's not putting him and the team in a really good situation to succeed. So I don't want to even say maybe, but but definitely by Holmes returning, he'll assume those high leverage situations. He'll bump Chapman down to a spot where he could potentially be more productive or just do less damage, depending on your point of view. So those are the three things that this West Coast trip has so far revealed to me about this New York Yankees team. And finally, before we get to your calls at 877-337-6666, and finally, I I looked at the postseason picture this morning against the American League teams that would qualify to make the postseason in this order, the Astros, the Guardians, the Rays, the Blue Jays, the Mariners, and of course the Yankees, but against those teams, the New York Yankees have a 5-2-6 win percentage. Their biggest deficit against any one of those single opponents is a 286 win percentage, 2 and 5 against those pesky Houston Astros. So, cruise control to the ALCS if you ask me. Your teams, your station. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook. Better odds and favorable prices. City. We're rolling with the New York Yankees. And next up, because this is a show for both teams, believe it or not, let's talk about the Mets and how Pete Alonso has emerged as one of the premier clutch hitters in the entire league. 877-337-6666 is the phone number. If you can't get through, keep trying. But if you really can't get through, you can tweet me at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. Instagram, Coach McCartan, Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan as well. So last night, as you know, and, and as I watch here on, on the, uh, the studio TV, the encore is on on SNY right now, New York Mets walked it off at City Field, and they overcame Michael Givens' terrible performance, his best effort to sabotage that game. And yes, middle relievers continue to be a problem for the Mets, and I'm not sure why they didn't fortify that glaring need at the deadline. Did you see Givens give Alonzo that huge hug on the field during the walk-off celebration? I mean, the guy should have bought him a steak dinner if you ask me. But this Mets team is a resilient bunch. This Mets team is built different. I've been telling you this since February. Literally. Believe it. And on the field after the game, Alonzo told Steve Gelbs, he said, this team is just has amazing chem- chemistry, and we can have each other's backs. We are a resilient bunch, and we are a team on a mission. End quote from Pete Alonzo after last night's game. Team on a mission? That's exactly right, and that's a great way to put that. And speaking of Pete Alonzo, last night in a huge spot, 
Alonzo did not panic in the batter's box with an 0-2 count in the bottom of the ninth. You know, everything you dreamed of while you're sitting there in, 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 your, ba- in your backyard when you're a kid with a wiffle ball bat, right? And Pete Alonso poked an 88-mile-an-hour slider into the 5-6 hole, scored a speedy Brandon Nemo all the way from second base. Game, set, match in Queens. So that walk-off got me thinking. Pete Alonso might just be one of the most clutch hitters in the entire league. That was his 27th go-ahead hit for him so far this season. He now has 77 RBI when there are runners in scoring position which means that 73% of his RBI have come with runners in scoring position. He's tied for second. And and these are all numbers from the SNY broadcast last night. And then he's tied for second in the league in RBI. Tied with Paul Goldschmidt behind the league leader, Aaron Judge. And ever since he broke that bat over his leg, I mean, he's had back-to-back-to-back multi-hit games. Mr. Clutch, right? And of course, you know me, I started studying, I started exploring. I looked at Alonzo's leverage splits, high, medium, and low. Alonzo, I found, is best, best offensively in high leverage situations. He's got the most RBI in high leverage situations. His OPS is the highest in high leverage situations. And his slugging percentage and his on-base percentage is too. So, what do I take from that day? I, 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 what do I, what's my takeaway? That the bigger the situation at the plate, the better Pete Alonso is in the batter's box. And he showed it again just last night. Number two. And then I started looking at his easily comparable offensive situational stats. I mean, let's look at the batting average, for example. Pete Alonso's batting average is almost exactly tied for his Best, when the Mets are behind, Pete Alonso's on-base percentage is the best by far when there are two outs with runners in scoring position. Now, this is going to be a theme. Two outs, runners in scoring position. Pete Alonso's on-base percentage is the best of all the leverage situations. His slugging percentage is the best when there are two outs and runners in scoring position. His on-base plus slugging percentage, his OPS, you guessed it, best by far when there are two outs and runners in scoring position. This season, Pete Alonso is a guy who literally, and the numbers support it, he plays better A, in big spots, and B, when the game is on the line. No lights are too bright for Pete Alonso. And I know he really isn't thought of in this manner, but I think I just proved it that Pete Alonso might very well be, or is, the best clutch hitter in the league right now. 877-337-6666. Convince me otherwise. And, of course, your Yankees calls as well. Um, again, this is a show for both teams. So, uh, in the order that you called, we'll go. Josh in the Bronx, you're up next on the fan. I'm telling you, I was going to go with the Yankees in the West Coast, but that Pete Alonzo, he's Mr. Cool. I mean, yep. like, if I was only a kid again, I mean, like, Danielle, there's just no comparison. This man is riding a high. You know, enjoy the wave, everybody. This, this Pete Alonzo, it's Mr. Cool, the polar bear. Yep. Oh, my. I, You know, I wanted to talk about the Yankees, but this Pete Alonzo, man, he, he's the coolest. I mean, 
like you just said for the past five minutes, you know, all the other callers can call in and talk about whatever, but, you know, he's like, he's like Mr. New York right now. Here he is with Lindor and, oh, you can go on and on, Kim. I mean, Daniel, oh, thank on, you for gosh. taking my call. Just to, I'm just enjoying this show. Thank you for teaching me again. Oh, come on, Josh. You had a great call and then you ruined it by calling me the wrong name. That's okay. I'll take it as a compliment. Kim's great. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, Pete Alonzo, the polar bear. I like the analogy. Real cool in real clutch and real high leverage situation. That's Pete Alonzo. That's, he's been in all season. I got a tweet from uh, John Rossi. He says, hey, coach, Mark Canna has been super clutch too. Yes, he has. But Pete Alonzo has been doing it all season. And I know I watched the game. I watched every pitch of the game last night of pretty much both games. I know Canna had that big game-tying double. I get it. Without him, there is no Pete Alonzo heroics. I get it. But Alonzo has been doing it for much longer, more sustained period throughout this entire season. And and Canna would an excellent, excellent acquisition for the Mets and Mark Canna. Richie and Queens, you're up next here on The Fan. Hey, Daniel. It's been a while. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, yeah, you mentioned the Montgomery deal. I shook my head with that, called a couple of times, talked to Tiki and Brandon about it. Mm-hmm. It didn't make any sense. It really bothered me when I kept hearing, you know he's not going to be playing the playoffs, pitching the playoffs. Why not? A lefty kind of stymied left-handed hitters yes. in uh, Yankee Stadium. Yes. Made no sense. I'm a big National League guy. I know Bader. Bader's a hard-nosed physical player, and mm-hmm. I know... They want to keep him in the outfield. They want him to play center because, Judge, you do not want to keep him out there all the time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the fact that he's not playing is really kind of embarrassing at this point. Yeah, the, guy, know, the guy's in quick. a walking boot. Richie, look, look, think about this. What is the one weakness of this Yankees team? What is it? Prior to the trade deadline, what, what would you say? Well, I mean, it's a few things. It's clutch hitting, their defense, right, speed. Starting pitching, uh, they, right? And starting then, pitching, they they they, they traded away Jordan Montgomery from a place of need. They traded him and moved him for an outfielder in a boot. I mean, this Yankees team is World Series or bust this year, and it's in Aaron Judge's walk year. Why would you not load up as you just pointed out with a left-handed pitcher who 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 is killing it where he is now? I don't understand. I could not believe. I thought it was fake news when I was reading that Jordan Montgomery was traded. I couldn't believe it. I thought there was another piece involved, and the fact that there wasn't, yes. obviously, is re- it's really bad. But, you know, initially when I looked at this teams and I looked at their bullpen with Holmes and with King, and both of them, especially King, is gone. Holmes has been a question mark. Um, Chapman has not come back. Uh, Wise is a big part of this, Danny. I think mm-hmm. he has to pick it up. But, you know, can they do – you know, this could be maybe kind of funny where you don't expect anything. But all of a sudden, you know, they get hot, and maybe Montas is going to turn out to be the real good pitcher. But mm. when you look at them, there's a lot of holes. I don't. I put I put three teams ahead of them. I put the Dodgers, I put the Mets, and I put Atlanta ahead of them at this point. Yep. And real quick, on on the old timers game, I go back a ways. Jay Hook. That was just the, the first game I ever went to see the Mets. Jay Hook pitched in 1962. I was 14 years old. I was very depressed when the Giants left. I'm a lifelong San Francisco Giants fan and still am. And we didn't have National League Baseball for four years. So to see Jay Hook and Frank Thomas come back and, yeah. and, and, and Grad Keneal and guys like that, yeah. I think it's good. It's phenomenal that they brought us back. So I'm really, really looking forward to some of the scenes of these guys. I'm kind of disappointed that Keith is not swinging the bat, but he is 67. 
But uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So you got the Mets, you got the Yankees, and, hey, it's a great time for baseball in the city. Oh, Richie. Always a pleasure, Danielle. Yeah, thanks for making the call. And and, and it, it has been excellent for baseball in this city. I mean, you got two of the best teams right here. One in Queens, one in the Bronx, in the league. And, and Frankie Montas, I told you, if you're a listener to this show, I told you that I was he was not quite on my wish list. I didn't want Frankie Montas for either team, for the Mets or the Yankees, to make a deal. But it, the Yankees are the ones that need the starting pitching help. So for them, I didn't want him. I didn't want him. Uh, he, he, the innings, he's had his career, ready? Nestor Cortez, they put him on the IL, right, with the, with this, this this injury, okay? Really, in my opinion, it's about, and, I, and I've heard it all week, about just managing his innings. Okay, well, Frankie Montas averages 177 innings pitched per, per year, per, per season. He's at 124 and a third. So, when is it going to be coming? I mean, he's been nothing but terrible in New York. ERA, 7.32 in 19 and two-thirds innings pitched. I mean, I, it's just, it's just... Uh, if, I, I can't believe, I can't believe it that that they they subtracted Jordan Montgomery and added Frankie Montas as if that was going to help. It, it's just, it was just mind boggling. I, I read that tweet. I was a couple tweets about Jordan Montgomery being traded. I, I traded. I was like, no way, no chance. And then and then all of a sudden, there it was. I couldn't believe it. And the guy's dominating, dominating. In St. Louis. And, and and the one thing I did want to look at as I, as I was driving in on the West Side Highway, I was like, oh, I got to look this up. All right. So Mont, uh, uh, Montgomery is dominating. Like his ERA since being traded is a .35. Okay? .35. Okay? Elite. And I'm like, all right, well, let's see. Who are the teams that he played against? Okay, the first team that he met was the New York Yankees. Okay, so they're a pretty good team, wouldn't you, wouldn't you say? Second team he met was the Milwaukee Brewers, who are right there knocking on the door in the uh, NL playoffs. Uh, you got, I mean, they're the, they're the next team in. If one team falls out, they're the next team in. Then Colorado, all right. And then Chicago, all right. But, but, but the Yankees, I mean, the Yankees and the Brewers. And he's still got a .35 ERA, so come on. Can I, one thing on Montgomery? Yeah. Since 2020, he started 61, I think, games for the Yankees. He's won 11. So people acting, or he won 11, people acting like he's like the next coming of like, you know, Clayton Kershaw or somebody. Calm down. Yeah, but. It's Jordan Montgomery. He's Jordan run, Montgomery for a reason. What's the run support like? I mean, well, but there's you can, so many you, factors. But, but but my point is you can cherry pick any any stat you want. And I, and I get it. this is like what everyone does to support your argument. So that's abs- totally fine. A point three five ERA? Right, it but it's been three games. It's been three. No, it's three, it's three or four games. Four games. Four games. I'm going on a, like a bigger sample size. I listen. I don't get. To, I didn't get the trade either. I, I like clearly. I think they had to deal with the Marlins for Pablo Lopez, and that fell through. That's the only way this makes any sense. Which is like fine if they thought that, then that's fine. But people acting like Jordan Montgomery is like the second coming and is going to be a shoe and Cy Young Award candidate. No, no one's saying that. We're that's not how everyone is. Hyperbole, her, what is it, hyperbole, whatever it is. We're not talking about that. It's just he could help this team down the stretch, a team that needed starting pitching help to begin with. It, you know what's crazy about it is people are people wanted to people are now trusting or want to trust Jordan Montgomery over like Frankie Montes, who I would, who 
based on your career, mm-hmm. Montes is definitely the better starting pitcher. Uh, for based on based on career stats, mm. it, it, it's Frankie in like you know a landslide. I think mm, I'd have to look more uh, at that. But it's, and and I get why people are angry because people want to be angry. So I get it. I, I appreciate people wanting to be angry, honestly, because that's that that what that's really what drives like sports talk radio. Yeah. But can people just calm down the fact that trading Jordan Montgomery might cost the Yankees a World Series run? Uh, I'm not because when you look at his fielding independent pitching, it doesn't matter what team he's on, whatever. I know it's four games, but in St. Louis, it's 1.72. He doesn't he doesn't crack a two with the Yankees in that score. I mean, he's been really good, but maybe it's something mechanically that they've figured out. Maybe it's the I don't know what it is, but he's sure. been really good. Sure, no, and the I, Yankees I agree. need that. They need that. I they agree could with use that. that. I, I I agree with the fact that he's been really good. I agree with the fact that they could use that. But we have no idea if he would have done that here. People hated Jordan Montgomery for the longest time because he was not good. Because he had a 5 ERA in 2020 and a 4 ERA in 21. Like, he had the stats. He was not good here. Nah, I disagree. We'll throw it to break. I think we have to go. Yeah, okay. We're going to throw this to break. And you know what? We just had uh, a caller just mention it. The gates open at 3.30 for Old Timers Day festivities there at City Field. You might be in the car on your way there now. You might be in the parking lot. You might be on the subway on your way. This is the first time the Mets are hosting an old-timers day since 1994. What are you most excited about? Who is the guy that you want to see in a Mets uniform again? I'm Danielle McCartan. I'm back. And the number to call, 877-337-6666. The Bronx Bombers. It is hot. It is far. It is gone. The home of Yankees baseball is WFAN. Yankees win. The Yankees win. The fan on 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Daniel McCartan at Coach MCCARTAN on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.com. Slash Coach McCartan back with you in this 2 p.m. hour on this Mets Old Timers Day 2022. If you're on your way to City Field, I want to hear from you. Who are you most excited about for today? Who are you most excited about to see today? And oh no, the Mets are not copying the Yankees with this event as another host ridiculously proclaimed not that long ago. That's just so silly to say, man. Come on. But anyway, as I sit here in a Mike Piazza black batting practice jersey, it's kind of twofold for me. One, I'm most excited to see that Steve Cohen has made it his mission to bring it back. And as you probably already know, today's old-timers game is the first one that the Mets have hosted since 1994. And baseball is so sentimental and so connecting to the past. And I'm just excited for the Mets that Steve Cohen has resurrected this day. And he said early on that bringing back, this is a a quote, bringing back Old Timers Day was one of the most passionate requests I heard from our fans as we celebrate our 60th anniversary season. Having these legendary players return to the ballpark to hear the cheers from the Mets fans, once again, is a perfect way to honor our past. That's from Steve Cohen. And two, the player that I'm most excited to see. And, well, you know, there there are the guys that are around the team a lot, right? But for me, still, I would love to see Mike Piazza in that batter's box again. But that's too obvious, right? Maybe it's John Franco on the mound. Uh, I loved John Franco, still do. But I think for me, the most, I don't know, 
interesting thing is going to see or seeing Joe Torre in a Mets uniform. Because my entire life, I've only known him to wear a Yankees one. So for me, watching this, Joe Torre, City Field, Mets, it's, it's going to be a little weird for me. Because, again, my entire life, my entire existence on this earth, it's been Joe Torre, Yankees. So I want you to tell me what you're most excited about for this Mets old-timer day 2022. And, of course, we're taking your Yankees calls as well in the order that you called. Bob and Bayside, you're up next here on The Fan. Yes, Danielle. Before I get to my main Yankee point, sure. I want to comment on that little talk you had. I don't know if it was Marco or somebody else about Montgomery. Oh, Montgomery Paul was Rosenberg, the, he's waving at you. All right. <laughs> Montgomery was the number five pitcher on a five-man staff. His ERA was three and change, and even Cashman said he was not going to be used in the playoffs. Which boggles yeah. my mind, but, but Cashman said that after he traded him. Is that correct? No, was after they traded him, he was asked what, and one of the main points said is that he was not going to be used in the playoffs. Yeah, but he, you, you could you, say that after you trade him. You could say, oh, yeah, well, I wasn't going to use him anyway, just to save face. He's number six now. You have Cole, a healthy uh, Severino, oh, we're, we're Cortez. Make, we're just going to make that assumption. Okay. Cortez, Herman was pitching very well, and, uh, and Montas. He's number six. He's no not. Way. He wasn't even going to appear in the playoffs. No. All right, let me get on Disagree. to my main point. Uh, there's a few a few positives and differences from from their slump in late July, uh, early August. Uh, the guy Marty brought up a good point, and I think you were pushing for Benatendi too. Yes, of course. After a couple, after a week or two of uh, of a slow start, he has totally settled in, puts his bat on the ball, gets on base. Good defensively, and let me say one thing: the bullpen is totally uh, shored up now. Marinacci never gives up a run. This ki- this guy Paul, uh, this guy uh, uh, Schmidt, check his last four or five outings. He, and he pitched four innings against the Mets. And, and by the way, in that ninth inning, when he when he tied finally, and uh, and that was his fourth inning, Schmidt. Mm-hmm. If if they had any confidence in in uh, Chapman, Chapman, he would have been brought in for that ninth inning. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing is the key thing that it, nobody's forgetting is that check Loiza's last nine ten games. Loiza is totally back in form right now, and he's the closer right now until Holmes gets back. In my opinion, yeah. Well, Holmes will be back on, on Monday. There, Bob. Great point. I mean, the bullpen was always the strength of this team, and and it has. And as you pointed out beautifully, it has gotten better. And again, the Andrew Benintendi resurgence. He had a slow start. Everybody understands that. It's it's. As a result of putting him first in the batting order, let's not forget that. Uh, Kevin and Camden, you're up next here on the fan. What's up, coach? How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Um, real quick, Yankees point. Agree with you about Montgomery. I thought it was a bad trade. Bader's out now too. Yeah. Just I I, I just I did not like that trade. I have to say this though: for the Mets to not address the bullpen, I mean, what are you doing? Yeah. What are What are they doing? Let's, I don't know. I mean, Michael Mike, Michael Gibbons. Yeah. That's the that's the move. He. He's t- every time he comes in, he gives up a run. It's worth the familiar when he was there. Yeah, last time he gave uh, up three. <laughs> uh, 10.6 ERA in like what? Not not like nine innings. Yeah. Oh, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to see that guy. I'm telling. I was. A, I mean, the Mets. Outside of Diaz, our bull, the bullpen's not good enough. And that's. And the, you know what? Pitching is important in the playoffs, which is why I would have kept Montgomery. And it's gonna. It, it's gonna be the same with the Mets. Yep. Pitching is important. You and and now, and, and Kevin, David Robertson, who we both wanted, is now pitching for the Phillies. In Philly. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, again. Yep. Yeah, he's doing great. Of, of course with that. No, I'm just saying, I just, I was angry with that. I mean, I was angry with that. I was mad with the Montgomery. I was fine with everything else, but I was just so ticked off about that. Real quick about the Jets. Yeah. You and I both said, I think a couple of times, he's got to go. He wasn't even, they weren't even using him. Trade him. Who was that? Oh, Mims. Mims? They're being stubborn and not training. Yeah. He's not going to play. Yeah. He's going to he's going to get this going. He's going to cause a scene. Get the guy out of here. He wants to leave. Please just get him out. If you get what you get for him at this point, but they should have gotten rid of him a while ago. Yeah. Not, it should have been. It should have been last year. This time last year, when there were people, teams actually calling about him. Why didn't they unload him then? On your show, you said that. I know. I agree, I agree with you. I, I just. I don't. I don't know what the Jets see in him. That oh my gosh, like, what are you? Are they afraid that when he leaves, he's going to become like the next great uh, Jerry Rice? Yeah. Like, what, what, what is, <laughs> I mean, the Jets. You need. To, you need to do something because. This guy uh, is going to cause a scene. If he doesn't get traded, he's going to get the scornal. It's going to cause a scene, and the Jets don't need any more distractions. Yeah, I know, Kevin. And you know what, though? By, by doing that, and thanks for the call, and you're back, Kevin. So am I. But, you know, in doing that, in, 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 in granting him the trade, and, and he wants to out, and it almost, like, forces the Jets' hand that, that, that they're not going to get much for him. So I saw a report that the Jets are open to trading him. But I think he's going to make the roster. Because Tuesday is where the, the roster cutdowns are. So on Tuesday, I think Mims will make the roster. And then I think the Jets will trade him. Because, I mean, he, he he's a big guy. Uh, maybe someone can has, you know, the, like, the by the way, the Joey Gallo thing. Another, another team can come in and, quote, unquote, fix him. Fine. He still has a little bit of value. I wouldn't unload him just because he wants to be out. That's not how this works around here. Uh, Joey Gallo, huh? That too. By the way, David Robertson pitching for the Phillies so far this year. So August 3rd on until through today, 1.69 ERA. That's who the Mets should have targeted. He should be wearing a Mets uniform. But hey, what do I know? <laughs> I'm Daniel McCartan with you on the fan through 6 p.m. tonight. Uh, we've got uh, Marco Belletti coming in with an, uh, an update after this. Have something to say? We'll answer the phone. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook. Better odds and favorable prices. In the daytime right here on WFAN Radio, New York City, and that free Odyssey app worldwide. <laughs> I'm your hostess, Danielle McCartan, right up till 6 p.m. here. Um, we've got so much more time to spend together and so much more to talk about, but I, I did want to mention that I was on a 10-day, three-time COVID postponed trip to Italy, family trip, that is. And um, I tell you that only because there's there's a sports connection here, and it's a connection to one of our New York sports teams. And so here's the story. We checked into our first hotel, a hotel in Sicilia, Sicily, and I'm rolling my 49-pound suitcase. I was under the weight limit. I'm rolling my 49-pound suitcase to the lift, not even a real elevator. It's a lift. And um, this piece of paper is stapled to the bulletin board, um, kind of to the left of that lift, you know, the hallway to get to the elevator thing. And uh, I looked at it, caught my eye. It was a black and white picture of Joe DiMaggio on it. So obviously that stopped me right in my tracks. And I read it. It was the whole thing was in Italian. And it turns out that the town that we were staying in, Isola delle Femmine, that's the name of the town. 
it turns out that, that that's where Joe DiMaggio's parents lived before they came to the United States and eventually had Joe DiMaggio. I think there was a, an older sibling. So it was like mom, dad, older sibling of DiMaggio, I think. Uh, definitely the parents that, that were living in that town. It's a tiny town. So I learned then that the whole town idolizes Joe DiMaggio. And the advertisement on that bulletin board was to give the dates and times for, it was they had a small Joe DiMaggio museum and one that only comes around for like a few days once a month. It was like three days once a month it happens. And I was going to be there for it. So I rented a bicycle from the hotel for three euros. I rode the 1.5 miles into the main section of town, of course, and back, only to find that the museum was freaking closed closed so i'm looking at it and i'm like are you kidding me like obviously that expression was all over my face and there was some old lady sitting on a plastic chair you know the kind on 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 the sidewalk next to the museum and she is kind of like looking at me like who the hell are you and what are you doing here because the museum was right next to her little house her little you know it's not a house like an apartment kind of thing and uh, she's looking at me and i looked at her and she spoke not a single word of english but as I spoke with her, she, she complimented my Italian. She told me that the museum was open the day before I was there, and it will be open the day after I was there, just not that day. I mean, are you kidding me? That, that's not what the poster said, but that's uh, Sicily for you, I guess. And I couldn't go the next day because we were leaving to go up to the Amalfi Coast, but... I mean, I did. The lady, she helped me out in a, in a little assist way. She was like, "Oh, right across the street, there's a where they used to live. Like the museum is across the street. It's in a church, really, across the street from where they where they lived." So I took a little selfie outside of where they lived. There's a little plaque on the wall. Um, but man, I, I wish the museum was was open and, and true to that advertisement. I mean, I saw online that at times, you know, it, the, the 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 things in it rotate. But at, there was a the wedding dress. Or Marilyn Monroe was once in there. I didn't get to see it. And there's no windows. You couldn't even look in. But I guess it gives me a reason to go back. You know, you learn something new every day. That that the DiMaggio family is from Isola delle Femmine Sicilia. And what a big coincidence that was that, that we ended up staying there. And I don't know. It, it was just a big coincidence. So there's your little tidbit for the day. Uh, you know, Yankee baseball is all over the world. And um, there's there's an indication there of, of small-town Sicily where nobody spoke English. So there you go. All right. In the order that you called, um, let's go to Todd in New Windsor. You're up next here on The Fan. Hey, Coach. How are you, dear? I'm good. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. You know, you talked about Joe Torre. I mean, I was yeah. I was around when the Mets were – when he managed the Mets from 77 to 81. That was the, the seven toughest years in franchise history and Tory, it was last place every year and very few people went to Shea. It was, it, those were the tough years, but, but he, but he's a good man though, indeed. Yeah. I mean, um, I, yeah. I, about I, old timers, sure. about old timers day, I'm going to be home watching the game in, on television. Mm-hmm. And the one guy I want to see, and there's a lot of them I really love, but the one guy I want to see today is Bartolo Colon. I mean, 44 wins in three years in Flushing, and of course, the home run off James Shields. Oh, I mean, James Shields has, still hasn't gotten over that six years later. The silver slugger so. Bartolo Colon back in Queens. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> three years in his 40s gave you 44 wins, and uh, the guy was uh, beloved by the fans. So, looking forward to watching it. 28 long years, Daniel, before mm-hmm. we see an old, seeing an old-timers game. 
I'm excited about it, and I'm excited about my 2022 Mets. Danielle, you have a great day. You take care of yourself, okay? <laughs> Thanks, Todd. Appreciate that. Yeah, and I know a lot of people are shaking their heads like, no, like, duh, like you only know Joe Torre as a Yankee. Yeah, well, that's my experience. That's what I could talk to. I'm not going to I'm not gonna pretend, you know? So, um, yeah, I, you know, Bartolo Colon, believe it or not, they were still Mets fans this past offseason calling me up and telling me that the Mets should go out and get Bartolo Colon. I mean, are you nuts? That's nuts. That is that is absolutely nuts. I said it then, and I'll say it now. Uh, oh, Greg in Connecticut, he's driving to City Field. Greg, what's up? How are you doing, Danielle? I'm good. How are you? Oh, you got a car full of people hey, over there, Greg. This game right now, we're on the White Zone Bridge. Let's go, Mets. Hey, let's go, Mets. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, some old guys we're going to be seeing in uh, Cologne. We can't wait to see them. Uh, Derek Kuzman, it's going to be going to be everything. So Kuzman's the one you're looking to see? Well, Kuzman. Alone. I know he probably won't be playing with the team anytime soon, but hopefully he can uh, show that he has some talent. I just saw on Instagram that he posted a video of him throwing heat. So who I knows? saw that. I saw that. He was practicing to play. He was practicing. He posted a video of it. I did see that as well. We'll see. I know. It's awesome. Thank, but thank you so much. Have a good one. Hey, enjoy the game there, Greg. Thanks for calling in. And and all the people in the car with you, the, the cell phone service was a little spotty. But I love when you call in when you're going to games or leaving games. And good for him. And, and Paul, who, who are you most? You're, you're my fan. Who are you most excited to see at this game today? I'm super excited for this game because it's like oh, because again, this hasn't ninety four. I'm not going to count. I'm barely you, you know. Oh, we're you know, about we're the same age, 10, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but. I'm actually excited to see a little bit more of like the older people. And there's some weird names in here. I told you earlier, Pat Mahomes is pitching to is going to be there today. Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes. The dad. Dad of obviously the great <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. He's going to be there today. Pedro's going to be there. Glendon Rush. Yeah. Billy Wagner. You, you know, Traxel and Turk Wendell. Like a who's who of like, for me, like that mid-90, mid to late-90s, early 2000s Mets. Like uh, Todd Hunley, right? He's going to be there. He was Hunley's like my playing. first favorite Met, Todd, Todd Hunley. Right. Uh, Hunley was one of my guys. My favorite Mets growing up were Butch Husky and Siyoshi Shinjo. Those were my guys. <laughs> Shinjo. Oh, I love Shinjo. He's the best. <laughs> like, But Benny's going to be there. Jay Payton, Cliff Lloyd. So a really who's who of guys. Yeah. Super cool to see. Super cool how they're doing it. I love the logo. I think the logo is really cool. And I was talking about... And I asked Keith this question last night when I was working with Keith. Keith doesn't even, he thinks that the the Mets copied the Yankees. I asked this question about um, when do you think we're going to get a, just a Met-Yankee combo old-timers game? Mm, I don't know if it'll ever happen. And uh, like, because just how awesome would that be? And I know a lot of them played for both the Mets and the Yankees, so mm-hmm. they'd have to make that decision of what team. But how cool that would be maybe before Subway Series game, and you do like one at City, one at Yankee Stadium, and they do a combo Old Timers Day about how, just how awesome that would be. It would be cool. It would be super cool. I don't think I'd, he'll do it though. I, I'd be down because I think I honestly think like like Steve Cohen. I feel like he would do it. Like I don't know if Steinbrenner would do it, but I feel like Steve Cohen would definitely do that. Well, the Yankees didn't even have a game this year, so I don't know. Right. Well, I th- and I think that'll change. I, I think they'll go back. I think they had their reasons for not doing it, and I think that's fine. Um, I think they will go back to having an actual game because that's the point. Like, it is the point. like it's it's great at getting everyone announced on the field in front of these people. Sure. And, but they want to. I, I want to see you know, I want to see some like old guys try to hit like 
football, like baseballs, and like, you know, purposely go slow and like maybe like you know, <laughs> warm up the hammy a little bit. Yeah, you, yeah. you know, that's it's that's what you want to see. Well, I want to see Mariano Rivera uh, in the actual Yankee bullpen and ready to come in because I'm sure he's better than a role as Chapman still. Chapman's going to be a big part of this team going down the stretch. I I, I told people that a while ago. Oh, yeah. I think he he is going to and P, and Yankees fans better get used to it. Nobody is coming to help. Yeah, uh, you no. want to say the, uh, the yeah. what was his name Swig- Swigert, the the new guy that they pulled up that they called up to the West Coast who like you know hit the guy and then walked and balked whatever. No one else is coming in. Chapman is going to be an integral part of this team of down the stretch. Of course he is, and they're going to have to figure out a way to hide him uh, in the lower leverage situations, or else it's going to be uh, every year all over again. That stupid sly s- smile after giving up the game winning home run. Uh, I can't deal with that smile anymore. Uh, okay, let's go to, in the order that you called, Joe and Colonia. You're up next here on The Fan, Joe. Hey, Daniel. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, thanks for making it. I, I want to make a comparison. Now, just hear me out. Okay. Bonds and Benilla, I want to compare to Judge and Stanton. And and this is what I want to say. When uh, Benilla and Bonds were in Pittsburgh, they were great back-to-back. We know what happens when Bonds went to San Fran, Benilla went to the Mets, mm. He ordered a bunch of earplugs. Now, my thing is, how much better is Judge without Stanton? Oh, markedly better. You think Judge is better with Stanton in the lineup or without? I ran the numbers this morning. Judge is better without Stanton in the lineup, and I couldn't really explain it. And like, it's like markedly really? better. I thought because you didn't hear nothing about Judge until Stanton came back from the injury. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, he hit a home run. So I got you. I got you. So you think Judge would be better? No, not, not that I think. Not that I think. The numbers this morning when I looked at them supported the fact that that without Giancarlo Stanton like this past month, Aaron Judge yeah. has put up markedly better offensive numbers in this past month than any other point, you know, collectively this whole season. And I couldn't explain it myself. I, I don't know how or why, but it's that's what it says. Those are the numbers. I'm looking again right now. Because yeah. it, it seemed like Judge was stylish until Stanton came back yeah. from the injury. Yeah, I, I so mean, that, I, I can't uh, explain it either. I don't know. No, I, that's what. I, that's why I wanted to make that comparison. Yeah, because it seems like the same type of situation. Here, I'm I'm, uh, I'm doing the math here uh, as you're as you're talking here. So, um, yeah, no, it, it, it's it's the truth, and, and I couldn't believe it myself. And I'm and I'm trying to pull it up. I should have screenshotted it this morning. Aaron Judge game logs. Okay. Um. Yeah, but it, it, right. he's he's much better. I'll get the okay, numbers for well, you in a second. What were you gonna say? No, I was gonna say, let me hang up, and when you get the okay. numbers, I'll I'll be listening. Thank you. Okay, great, no problem. I'm pulling them up right now, Joe. Um, so uh, you have to go to game logs, and Stanton was out uh 23rd, and then oh, okay, so we got to look at Judge from the 24th of July through the Mets series. Okay. So here it is. So let's just, the first stat that you can easily compare from one to the other is batting average, right? Okay. And I know batting average doesn't tell the whole story. I get it. Okay, I get it. Okay, let me just do this one more time. Okay, judges batting average with, and, and, I'm, not, and I'm not nitpicking. I, I don't know which games that they played together. I'm just looking at judge from the beginning of the season through July 22nd. And then the next number I'm going to give you is judge July 20, what is it, 3rd through the end of the Mets series because Stanton was back for the two Oakland games. So the first, we'll call it first half, second half. First half judge, 
bat, uh, hit uh, 285. Judge without Stanton in the order hit 316 this past month. Okay? On base percentage, the first, you know, uh, whatever, the first half on base percentage for Judge, 368. This past month, 463. Judge with Stanton in the lineup, 635 slugging. Slugging, 635. Judge with uh, without Stanton in the lineup, slugging 737. Let's look at one more. OPS without, or with, I'm sorry, OPS of Judge with Stanton, just about 1,000. And then without him, over 1,000, 1, 1. 1.2 OPS. So so I, I don't know how to explain it either other than the fact that, that finally maybe numbers are supporting the fact that, and I didn't look at where Aaron Judge hit in the batting order, but I assume it was at least one notch lower than where he's normally hitting. Those numbers are, are, are markedly better, right? And and we can compare more of them and we can go down the list. But I'm telling you, of the four that I just looked at, Aaron Judge is a better hitter without John Carlos Stanton in the lineup. And I and I can't explain it either. I don't know why either. Uh let's go to uh Ross over there in my neck of the woods, Bergen County. Ross, where in Bergen County? Hey Daniel, thanks for taking the call. I'm uh, actually uh, in Elmwood Park. It's oh, okay. Like Patterson. Yeah, yeah. And I guess. Fairland, west, west side of the county. I know. Uh, thanks for taking the call, but I, uh, I actually wanted to touch on what you and uh, Paulie were going back and forth on with the uh, Mont- Montgomery situation. Yeah. You know, it's it, it's obvious. You know, and I want to make a match point afterward too, but it's it's pretty obvious he's, he's lighting it up down in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. There's no question about it. But you know, I don't. We're not entirely sure he'd be putting up those same numbers or even close to it if he did stay in New York. Because look at what happened to Frankie Montes when he came over. And I and I agree with you. I didn't like the Montes move at all. Mm-hmm. I I think you know what? I thought it was Sunny Gray 2.0. I said it the second it happened. Yep. But you know, even down in Oakland when he he was putting up pretty solid All Star caliber numbers to the point where he was in the uh, he was getting votes for Cy Young last year. I think he finished fifth or sixth. And he comes here and he, he completely implodes. And I mean, look at Montgomery like the few starts he had before he went down to St. Louis. He wasn't showing any signs of putting up a complete game one hitter or, or even close to it. So your point being, what exactly? That the trade was a good trade? Uh, I, I'm not I think personally, and, and I know Bader, might, there's a chance Bader might not play this year, but when you see the kind of player Bader is and the kind of defense he plays compared to Hicks, who, who can't feel the a pop-up fly ball to save his life. Uh, okay, Ross, save his life. all fine. All, all, all yeah. great. But the fact of the matter is, Aaron Judge might not be on your team next year, Ross. The Yankees are in win-now mode, if I've ever seen it. So why would you go ahead and trade a guy who's been reliable for you in the starting rotation for a center fielder who... Who's in a walking boot and has no plans to return to a field this season? Really, I mean, the Yankees should be pushing all their chips into the center, and they didn't do it. They did. They chose not to do that. They, they you know, their their starting rotation needed help. They brought Frankie Montas in, who was a big question mark. If you listen to my show for me from the beginning, not who I wanted the team to go after, or the Mets for that matter. It's just the player um, didn't do it for me. And, and and to to trade away a, a guy that was in your rotation, okay, oh maybe he wouldn't have been in the rotation, but uh, you know everybody assumes that Severino is going to be you know lights out when he comes back, hundred percent. I hope he is. I hope he is. But you can't assume that now. You know what's Nestor Cortez going to look like? Oh, this is my alarm to re up my parking, by the way, <laughs> so I don't get a ticket down there. I got four minutes. That means I got four minutes. I'll do it on the commercial break, but. Uh, to just to, to assume that Montgomery and, and the timeline of that was right. They traded him and then because I was abroad when this happened, they traded him and then Cashman said he wasn't going to make it into the rotation of the playoffs. Right? Is that is that what happened? 
Yeah, that's yeah. essentially is that we didn't think he would be an important an important piece in October. Which is, is essentially what it comes down. To. Yeah. Okay. So, but but that's what you say after the deal was made, after you got slandered for it. Okay, that's that's a tr- an attempt to try to save face. Who's to say that Jordan Montgomery couldn't be a, a long starter? Couldn't be a guy that that goes in and, and in the fourth inning and takes him to the eighth. You know what I mean? He could have helped. There was a, there was a path for him to help, and it's a shame that he's not on this team anymore. But you know what? A .35 ERA in St. Louis, good for him. Glad for him. Glad for him. Um, and I know uh, Mets fans are tuning in still, too, so I, I did want to front-load this for the Mets fans because I know you're going to be tuning in to the Old Timers Day uh, coverage very shortly. So, Yankee fans, hang in there. This is this is a double show. This is, there are two teams in New York. But if I'm Buck Showalter, um, I'm making one lineup change for, for the betterment of the team during this period. I'm riding the hot hand. I'm giving Mark Canna more playing time much more playing time. And I'm Danielle McCartan. Just before this Mets coverage of Old Timers Day starts, let's discuss this next at 877-337-6666. The hits keep coming. Oh, what a judgy and blast. The home of Yankees baseball is WFAN. Way up in the bleachers. The fan on 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Carton, welcome back to Day Down the Daytime here on The Fan in New York City. And, uh, you know, speaking of the Mets, and as they, I don't think they put out a lineup just yet, um, there's one change that I would like to see. Um, they put out a video, by the way, on their uh, Twitter account of the Mets bus, nice and rowdy. It's all the players sitting in the bus and the red carpet entrance for the players. That's pretty cool. And a black and white of Keith Hernandez. You got to go. The Mets social team is really killing it today. But they got Keith Hernandez putting his cleats on, sitting at a, at a locker. And his locker's in between piazzas. And I can't see the one next to it. But that's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, he looks less than enthused. I'll tell you that. But anyway, so if the, the lineup, by the way, is not out yet. But it, when it does come out, there's one change that Buck Showalter absolutely needs to make. And that is Mark Connor, and we'll get to your calls in a second, 877-337-6666, whether that be Yankees, Mets, whatever else you want to talk about, all right? So Mark Connor, he has absolutely earned more playing time, and I, I want Buck Showalter to give it to him. Just give it to him already, because over the last 11 games, Mark Connor has hit 412, seven doubles, three home runs, 12 RBIs, and a whopping 1.356 OPS. I mean, it's a blistering tear. And then Chris Bassett last night said, He's making a strikeout really, really hard. He's putting a lot of stuff in play, and if you make a mistake, he hits a home run. I mean, that's the kind of guy that you want in that lineup every single day. I mean, then here's the thing. Steve Gelbs did a great job last night in the clubhouse. He got Mark kind of to open up about the adjustments that he's been making. And those numbers that I just told you, they kind of pretty much all coincide with the timeline of what kind of told Gelbs. And that being that he made the adjustment in Atlanta just 10 games ago now. Well, if you want to count today, 11. But he said, this is kind of, he said, it had to do with my setup and how I'm um, thinking about moving when I get into the box. Just trying to limit my movement so my head stays a little more still and that I'm a little bit more balanced. I'm trying to get my weight more evenly distributed between both feet. There, Before, I would rock back on one side and then rock forward. I'm simply trying to simplify the moves and make them more efficient. That is something that I have coached into my own player's before 
It makes total sense to me, and it's clearly the adjustment showing in his production. You have to get into the batter's box balance. I mean, you, you can't load up on your back foot and then the, the weight transfer. It can't, it can't be throwing your, your, your what's that, midline of your body off. It just can't. You have to be nice and balanced when you step in there. Um, and then the weight transfer is just naturally from back to front. But, you know, if I could have asked one more follow-up question to figure out who spotted the need for this adjustment, I would have. Um, but it doesn't really matter, does it? Buck Showalter said he's an easy guy to trust. I mean, yeah, his game-tying double in the eighth inning last night says so, too. So knowing all of this, how can you keep him out of the lineup on a consistent basis? Give Mark Canna more consistent playing time. He's earned it. Right? That's how this works, right? When you earn something, you get rewarded for it. That's how most things work anyway. Uh, oh, Artie in Newburgh is on his way to City Field. Artie. Nice to- hey, Danielle, what's up? Hey, nice to have you on the show today, Artie. What's going on? Hey, I'm just amped up going to this Met game. I'm wearing my 99 Aaron Judge jersey. I'm going to show these Met fans who the real team in New York is today. I hope that you survive today, Artie. I hope. Oh, oh, oh I'm eating a bunch of guys that are all wearing our uh, Yankee Yankee outfits. Strength we're in going numbers. Out there because they think they're going to take Judge from us. Judge, is a, he's going to be a Yankee forever. Okay. El Capitan. El Capitan, the next Yankee captain, for sure. If he does sign long-term, definitely he's going to be the next captain. You know that. That's that's positively for sure. What are, but, you, uh, what are your thoughts on Judge resigning with the arrow? 50-50? What do you think? Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't love, and I don't. there's no way he did either, that, that Brian Cashman took his deal, the deal that they offered him publicly. There's no – and Derek Jeter in the documentary, if you watch it, he didn't love that either. Um, and, no, no. you know, it's just, it's just in poor taste to do that, you know, to put, put it out there. I'd get him eight year 320. What do you think? I'd get him, I'd get him done or what? Signed. Mm. Eight year 320? No, I don't think so. Really? I think he's looking for more. I, I mean, I think that was the hang up wow. to begin with. I think he's looking for more than, more than it's the, for me, I don't know if it's the number for him per se, the APR per, or whatever, the annual number per se, per se. Yep, yep. I think it's the number of years that he's looking for. I mean, this is his one chance. Think about it. He's older. He went to college. He's older. This is his one chance to lock up the rest of his so life. Like he wants 10 years and that's it. There's no, there's no negotiating. That's it. Would, would you be happy if they settled on nine? Maybe. As long as he's a Yankee, I'm happy. Yeah, I <laughs> you know. know. You'll see, you say that now, but yeah, I'm yeah, just worried yeah, about yeah, it's going to get ugly. With his, fat, with his fat checkbook, you know. Who? Uncle Steve. Oh, Cohen. yeah. And that's a, you know you what know? though, and that's a legitimate fear. That that's legitimate. That's le- that's actually something that could happen. I mean, to make a big splash, an indelible mark on this city, to steal the Yankees' number one beloved Yankee. I mean, it's it's a real storyline. It's not made up. It could happen. I just don't think he wants to go to San Francisco. I, even though he's from around there, I think he wants to stay in New York, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Mets go at him hard this year. Yeah, I agree with you. And, I, and Artie, I think... Have, have a great day. Hey, Thank you. you too. Good luck over there at City Field. Good luck. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Send me a picture. Artie, uh, he, hang up. Artie, tweet me a picture of you and, and that big crew wearing Yankee stuff over there at uh, City Field. All right, if you can do that, at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. Send it to me. I want to. I want to definitely take a look at that. Because uh, I'm interested, you know, <laughs> whatever. Um, but th- that is a legitimate fear. It really is. If if you know Steve Cohen with his his unlimited resources, quite frankly, wants to make a mark on this city and and put his foot down and say I'm here, the Mets are here. This is a statement that we're gonna make. 
Yankees. You offered him something. You, you dragged his name a little bit, and uh, and and you didn't offer him, uh, you know, a good enough deal. What was it, Aaron Judge? Call up his agent. What was the deal? I'm going to beat it. That is a legitimate fear. Do I think Judge will be back? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It depends on how much Hal wants to uh, wants to sign him for. Hal, who doesn't ever want to go over the next luxury tax threshold. You know, Hal, who doesn't want to give out the long-term contracts. Cashman loves him. And let me tell you something right now, and I said this. I said this in the winter when we were entertaining this thought here on this radio station. Um, uh, if Cashman... I know, let me let me flip that. If Aaron Judge is not a Yankee for the rest of his playing career, for the rest of his life, that is a fireable offense for Brian Cashman. Sorry. Uh, let's go uh, in the order that you call Joe in Staten Island. You're up next here on The Fan, Joe. Well, hey, Danielle. How you doing there? I'm good. How are you? All right. I uh, just wanted to tell you, I just got back from the Amalfi Coast myself. I don't know. Were you there last week? I was there. No. Uh, let me think. We left on August 1st. Okay, okay. How's your legs after being there? <laughs> we took a driving tour, actually, so they're quite good. Oh, <laughs> uh, really? I-, I was up in Poissotano, all the way up in the mountains. Yeah, and, uh, uh, yep. Yeah, it was a little difficult getting up and down the hills, but uh, yeah. we-, we had a great time anyway. Good. You um, I wanted to talk a little bit else? about the Mets. I actually uh, I had my Met presence there the whole time. I had my Met hat on, walking around Poissotano, and uh, people pointing out, saying, New York, New York, and... <laughs> Uh, language barrier was a little rough, but I was trying to make a point to everybody that the Mets are number one this year. Yeah. Uh, numero uno. Yes, yes. And uh, uh, I heard your story about the Joe DiMaggio Museum. Yeah. I'm just sorry to hear it was closed. I know. That's just a reason to get back, right? All right. Well, looking forward to old timers day today, and let's go Mets. Thanks. You know, on SNY, I don't want to thanks, Joe. I appreciate the call. I don't want to, you know pull anybody from listening to my broadcast here, but they are starting to interview some of the old-timers. They are warming up on the field on SNY, so that's, you know, it's kind of cool. Cleon Jones, by the way, is on TV right now, and uh, Cleon Jones is going to be a guest of mine Monday morning, one-on-one, long-term, long segment, full segment with Cleon Jones coming Monday morning. I'm back uh, 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. Monday morning, 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. Tuesday morning, 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. Wednesday morning, and, uh, yeah. Oh, and by the way, the reason why I can't go to this uh, Pete Alonzo comedy thing I'm going to the VMAs. I'm going to the VMAs tomorrow night. So in, they're, they're in Newark. They're at the Prudential Center. Nice little humble brag Yeah, I would, I would love to be at the <laughs> Pete Alonso thing. Really, I really would. It's just I, I wish I could split myself sometimes into two and be like, okay, I, half of you is going to go to the Pete Alonso thing. Half of you is going to go to the VMAs and enjoy both and then come back to work together, come back to work right after that. So, yeah, I'm going to be leaving right from the VMAs to come here. So uh, we'll see. I'm excited to see Nicki Minaj. She's you know, from New York, she's a Mets fan, and she's getting the Michael Jackson Vanguard Award. So I, I can't wait to see that. No, no, not a humble brag. I'm just saying, like that—that's my schedule coming up. I'm going to be coming right I'm from going to the VMAs I'm going to tomorrow. The VMAs. <laughs> but but the point is, I, I heard there was a couple rumblings of why isn't she going to the Pete Alonso thing? Because I've already got a, a, the plan, and I can't move. That's why. So is that bottle of water open or closed? It's it's open. Oh boy! I almost I talk with my hands and I almost knocked over this bottle of water. You know what? I'm it, gonna close this now. Right. In all seriousness, <laughs> what I'm hoping for with the Cleon Jones um, interview that you're having him on Monday yeah. morning. Yeah. Hopefully for him and for you, 
wherever he is, the weather is okay. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping for. Hopefully the weather is okay and everything's good. We'll see. We'll see what happens. See if I can get it in. Uh, he's a little long-winded, too, so let's see if I can get it in in the, in the 20 minutes or so. But he's, it's, he, he's going to be great. I know it. Because I read the book. That's the whole point of the interview. I read the book, and he, and he has some really fantastic stories in there. All right. In the order that you call, can we do one more for a break or no? One more. Okay. In the order that you call, let's go. Uh, yeah, Lou, you were next. Lou in Scarsdale. Go ahead. Albanian law, and that's why I don't talk to ghosties. Okay there, Lou. <laughs> What the hell was that? Uh, let's <laughs> Albanian law. I'm not getting involved in any of that. So let's go to uh, Gus and Queens. You're up next on the fan, Gus. Danielle, what's going on? Great job that you're doing on the fan. How's it going? Thank you. Good, good. How are you? I uh, can't complain. Can't complain. On my way to pick up my daughter, and on my way to DJ over on the west side. So uh, pretty nice. good day so far. Good. Um, so I, there, there was one call that you had uh, this guy from Newark saying he was going over to uh, going over to old timers day in his judges jersey to show who the real team of New York is. Yeah. Now I make this joke with my friends all the time. The uh, the only real judge in New York is uh, DJ Your Honor, which happens to be me. Shameless plug. But um, I do have one question for you, and I think I think that he will end up. I think that he will end up in a New York uniform next year. Mm-hmm. But I think it's going to be the Mets that sign him to a long term deal because the dichotomy between the Mets and the Yankees has flipped, where the Yankees are the more cost um, mm-hmm. are, are the more cost conscious team now, yeah. and the Mets are not only uh, the not only have the richest. Uh, you know, farm system in baseball right now, but also have the richest owner. In well, baseball. I think that the farm system is a little that—that's a little stretch. But they do have the richest owner in Major League Baseball, yes, and, and quite frankly, in, in most professional sports here in this country. So um, you're right about the dichotomy switching, where where the Yankees are the the cost you know cost efficient sort of team now, and and just. I guess continue putting out a winner every year, but but never actually winning the whole thing. And here are the Mets, the big bad Mets coming in town with all the deep pockets. And oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take Aaron Judge from you and see how you like it. I, I could see that's a realistic possibility. I could. Now I, I have a, I have a feeling that he will uh, that he will wind up being on the Mets next year. But I think that the best fit is going to be putting him in right field and then either uh, slotting. Uh, Slotting Marte over to left, or slotting him to center, and then putting Nemo at left, yeah. or you just DH judge at this point since we have the DH now. But I really do think he's going to end up in Queens at this point. And Danielle, again, you're doing such an amazing job. Thank you so much for taking my call. Let's go, Mets, baby. Yeah, thanks for th- thanks for making it there, Gus. Um, no, I, Judge is not ready to be a full time DH, uh, but you'd have to think if you gave him a nine year deal, right? A nine year deal. The back end of that, the last, definitely the last three, I'd say, probably the last four of those years, that he will be um, your DH. Definitely. Um, will he be on the Mets? Is that going to be his new team? I, I don't know. Uh, you would think, you would think that Cashman, you know, would do everything he can to, to get him in a Yankee uniform for the rest of his life. I mean, this is, right? This is Cashman's last year of his deal. So you would think that he want to, would want to make a splash like that because, I mean, that's going to make or break, I think, his tenure here in New York. Can you keep Aaron Judge long-term in pinstripes? Yes? Okay, you got your job. Is, is he going to go play for another team, Aaron Judge? Well, then you're fired. I mean, that's how I would look at it anyway. But that's just me, I guess. I'm not, I'm not a Steinbrenner. I'm just a McCartan. <laughs> not just. I am a McCartan. Dad. <laughs> All right, well, here's the other thing, too. We'll talk about it. We were talking a little bit about this, alluding to it a little bit before. Yankee, I mean, if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? So can someone explain to me 
why Andrew Benintendi was dropped to sixth in the lineup after ripping the cover off the ball as a leadoff hitter for the New York Yankees. The Yankees computer nerds in the analytics department and their C++ programming, they strike again. I'm Danielle McCartan with you till six. How infuriating is this if you're a Yankee fan? It's the same old story. Give me a call, 877-337-6666. Whether you're first time, long time, or all the time, call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook. Better odds and favorable prices. Danielle in the daytime here on The Fan in New York City. I'm Danielle McCartan, as you may or may not know, on Twitter at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan. Also on Instagram. Love interacting with everybody uh, throughout the show, on the commercials. So um, quite interactive. Um, I got a tweet here, here, right here, two minutes ago from uh, Rudolph. And he says, yes, Danielle, it never changes. Infuriating. Benintendi batting sixth. Boone and Cashman should have this franchise in a stranglehold. And Hal is a joke. Wow. Really uh, didn't didn't uh, hold back there, Rudolph. And we'll talk in a second about how uh, Andrew Benintendi should be the Yankees' leadoff hitter uh, moving forward. And, and uh, the last I saw, the Yankees did not put any sort of lineups out just yet. Of course, it's the late game. So um, I will definitely keep an eye out for you. Um, if it does get put out before 6 p.m., we'll see. Um, but back to your calls, 877-337-6666. Oh, Chris in Long Island wearing a judge jersey at City Field. I want to hear this story. So I'm a huge, huge Mets fan, and I'm also a season ticket holder for the New York Islanders. Mm-hmm. Anytime somebody comes to our arena, our stadium, with an opposing jersey, you're going to give them hell because it's fun and it's sports. But if you come to City Field with public enemy number one, the New York Yankees jersey, and we're not playing the Yankees, you're just an idiot. Yeah, you're just asking for If you're for playing it, right? the Yankees, fine. If you're playing the Yankees, I want to see opposing teams. I want to see Mets jerseys. I want to see the fun rivalry that's, you know, fans of a sports sure. team, especially in New York. Sure. But it's just stupid, disrespectful, and laughable that somebody's going to come to Mets Old Timers Day, which I couldn't make it. I have work. But go to our Old Timers Day wearing a Yankee jersey. It just doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me neither. You know, and when you look in the stands, and, and that's why I get such a kick out of these it's NFL, like international games, and they show, you know, in London, England at the at the arena, you know, all these guys, all these fans wearing like every team. It could be like, who's the, who is it this year? It's uh, the Giants and the Packers. Like, you'll see every team's jerseys in the stands. Like I know it's not the same thing. It's, I think it's just silly. Like if I were if I go to you know somewhere else and, and I'm I'm going to all the baseball stadiums. It's my thing, right? But when I go there, oh, I, I buy a fifteen dollar twenty dollar you know Detroit uh, Tigers cap. I wear it there with a regular T-shirt. You know, I or you just wear nothing. I just don't. Love when, when you're right, when people just, to be antagonistic, wear other f- teams and other jerseys to games of the teams that are not playing. I get it. I understand. I don't like it either. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, I hope, and I'm sure they will, my best fans will give the guy hell if they see him there, especially on the way to the game listening to the fan. But 
another thing that well, I am really Chris for, safe. Oh, I just want yeah. everybody to be safe. That's all. And and I worry about people oh, that yeah. that do that. You know that that wear oh, just to be yeah. antagonistic. You know how you've seen the fights on on that go around virally. Oh I, yes, I it's, have. it's it's so bad. You know, so I don't want it ended you that know, way. Like I like I said, you know, it's a rivalry. It's sports. It's fun. The people who take it to the next level mm-hmm. and start like. A physical altercation because a guy's wearing a jersey. Yeah, come on. That's just stupid. You heckle him, you yell at him, you laugh at him, you make him feel stupid. Yeah. But that's about it. Don't hurt anybody. That's just dumb. And yep. then that makes the Mets fans look even worse than the idiot who's wearing a Yankee jersey. The yeah. best whole time. You're right. It's always the the person who who punches second that gets caught and looks worse. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Well, good point there, Chris. And and it's uh, it's it is silly. And and when you look at I don't know, you're watching a Met Yankee game, right? Subway Series. We just had it. You see a guy in the stands wearing a Red Sox jersey. I mean, what are we doing here? I mean, that's so just so silly. It's so stupid. Really, just we just wear nothing. You you know what I mean? Don't wear a team. You know, just be neutral. Wear a gray T-shirt. Who cares? <laughs> uh, Jim in Tennessee. You're up next here on the fan, Jim. Hey, Coach. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? Great show. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, Ben Attendee, man, I don't get it. I don't understand what their rhyme or reason is. Yeah. You just win four games in a row. Mm-hmm. Listen to this. Think of this. They scored 13 runs, didn't even hit a home run. And I like you're that. Getting got, you get guys on base, you're scoring runs, you're putting pressure on the defense, and then all of a sudden they decide to throw LeMahieu back up there. Yeah. Judge and, Judge and Stanton are great. I understand. I'm, I'm not discounting that. Mm-hmm. But they strike out. So if LeMahieu doesn't get on, they're just with they they strike out. That's it. Your 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 innings over. At least with Benintendi, he's walking, he's getting hits, mm-hmm. he started hitting the ball. They were scoring runs with him in the leadoff, and it was just I don't know. It was absurd. I was I was furious last night when I saw the lineup come yeah, out. Batting sixth. I, I don't understand it. I mean, and and Jim, great points there. And and you know, a guy that you know, he's not a, a, a Ricky Henderson on the bases, okay, but he he could swipe a base at least. By him being on base, there is a, a threat of him to, to swipe one. So that diverts the attention of the pitcher just a little bit from guys like Judge and Rizzo. And, you know, maybe 3% of the mental brain power of the pitcher is going to that runner. And, and maybe he makes a mistake as a result of it. So there, there are many things to, to love about Benintendi, a leadoff hitter. I'm not sure why he's batting six, to be honest. Sparky and Dobbs Ferry, uh, you're up next here on The Fan. First of all, Coach, welcome back from vacation. Hey, thank you. And as far as Ben Intendi, he right now is the most important offensive player in that lineup. Just look at how much he hurt the Mets. Ben Intendi, okay. oh yeah, oh yeah. Okay. He was. Uh, I mean, I'm just looking at the Mets box score right now. He was two for four in that game, and he was uh, two for three in that game. So what does that make? You know, what? coach, there's yeah. a good chance if he wasn't back to who he is, they wouldn't have won either one of those games. Could be. Okay. Now, when you mentioned about Judge and Stanton, you know what I think the reason is? Judge made, in my mind, made a major adjustment as far as his actual plate discipline. Mm-hmm. Just think about it. How many times do you see Judge swing, swinging sliders that are like a foot outside? Yeah. He's letting those pitches go by and taking them. Mm. And when he gets a slider in the strike zone, he hits it up the middle or hits it to right field. Yeah. And as far as, you know, down the stretch, everything, I agree with you about Holmes. Because if Holmes can come back to where he was before he got into the slump, 
that's vital because if you look at these last few games, the end of these games have been nerve wracking. Oh yeah. You know, and oh, yeah. and it's like like holy cow. And I'll tell you, I'll, I'll admit I was wrong. I was scared to death about them going on the West Coast the way they had been playing. Uh, you know, but now at least it's the, you know, thank God you're right. <laughs> okay. And the one thing now when you mentioned, now you mentioned with Al, Alfonso, to me, Mr. Cashman is a message for you. Think about what a lineup would be next year having Alfonso batting with Judge behind him. I mean, not a bad idea. Um, That's scary. Because, yeah. you know, it's on, it stinks is that Cashman antagonizes this guy so much, I think he's just flat out disgusted. Yeah, you know, Sparky, if, if anybody watched that Derek Jeter documentary um, that was, what was it, seven parts, whatever it was, I downloaded the first few. I watched it on the plane, and then I watched had to watch the rest when I got home. Derek Jeter mentioned, he talked about how when he was, you know, when they told him to go find a better offer elsewhere, he was quite peeved that that Brian Cashman let the details of, of his contract leak out to the general public. It's the, it's the same it's the same page from the same playbook. You know, Jeter ultimately ended up returning to the Yankees, but I wonder, you know, if if Aaron Judge, I don't know how how much that could have impacted that because that was that was quite significant, you know. And then you had people. I was there in in the clubhouse, you know. People wanting to know, hey, well, why did why did you turn that down? Like he shouldn't have to answer for that. Him, he himself, his agent should have to. But that should have never been made public. And I'm wondering what the ramifications of that could be um, down the line, and how much that could potentially cost the Yankees down the line. All right, so we have to hit the break here. We had a quick break. Uh, a Marco update at four o'clock. Marco Belletti, that is, and. Um, and hey, I'm with you till six. I'm Daniel McCartan. You can, in the meantime, if you don't, if you can't wait that long, at Coach McCartan on Twitter, Instagram. Yankees baseball is on the fan. Swung on, there it goes. Deep right, it is high. It is far. And it's gone. The home of the New York Yankees is WFAN. It couldn't have come at a better time. The fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Daytime here on the fan in New York City. It is uh, still 90. It's 90 degrees outside now. Wow, it's a hot one today. The beautiful Saturday afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. Um, you know, wh- wherever it is that you're tuning in from, uh, on maybe it's on your terrestrial radio. Um, maybe it's in your car. My cousin texted me a picture of him and his daughter, uh, Nora, on, on a boat. So that's pretty cool. They're down the shore. Um, maybe you're just tuning in on the free Odyssey app. So I just want to say thank you for tuning in That if wherever you're listening right now. We've had a lively show today, baseball show, haven't we? Um, you know, I wanted to take this time to let you know that the uh, the July pick for my Danielle's WFAM book club was won by Cleon Jones and Gary Kaschek, and it's called Coming Home, My Amazing Life with the New York Mets. And like I mentioned just before, the Cleon Jones will join me early Monday morning right here on the fan to talk about his life and career in the context of his new book. It is out now, so you can go ahead and wherever you get your books, Amazon.com, order it right now. It'll be there in, what, two days? Amazon Prime, right? And uh, and on the heels of that, um, my August selection for Danielle's WFAM Book Club 
um, is one that is out right now by Rick Laughlin. Laughlin. And he's saying it's called The History of the Nets from Teaneck to Brooklyn. So I'll be talking to Rick also this upcoming week about it, I think Tuesday morning. Um, and it's a busy book week here on The Fan. I'm just a big nerd. You know that. Um, and honestly, the feedback that I'm getting, people are loving this kind of this book club idea. So um, I know school is starting for me in September and it's going to get real rough real fast. But I am, uh, I'm, I've made the decision. I'm going to expand it just just beyond a summer reading list as best as I can. I'm going to keep doing it. Uh, so my show, you know, show for intellectuals, clearly. <laughs> uh, send me send me your suggestions and let's get at it. You can send it to me on Twitter at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. Instagram as well, Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan. Or you can even email me your suggestions, Danielle.McCartan at Odyssey.com. Please and thank you. Take any suggestions we can get. Um, if you're interested, I'm interested. So um, Danielle's uh, book club. So the first one was a Yankee book by Mark Feinstein. Second one was a Mets book by Cleon Jones and Gary Kaschek. Third one is a uh, a Nets book. So got three different teams covered in the first three months of this. So I think that's pretty cool. What do you want to hear next? What do you want to do next? What do you want to read next, everybody? Let me know. All right, in the order that you call, Dominic in East Rochester. Rochester, sorry, you're up next here on the fan. Hello, Danny. How are you? Hello. Today? Good. How are you? You know, Danny, I still got the Yankee pitching on my mind, but I cannot pass up the fact that my mother was Sicilian, and I'm I'm wondering what was a McCarter girl doing in Sicily. Ah, uh, well, on uh, on my mom's side, uh, we actually went and we actually went to the town where we're from up in the mountains there, and that was that was oh, a whole adventure go. for the first time ever. There you go. <laughs> Yeah. Did you get to the, Did you get to the mainland at all? Yeah, also? we yeah we did the Amalfi Coast and we did Rome and then we came home right from Rome, Rome to Newark. Well, my father was an immigrant from the mainland, Reggio Calabria. Oh, that's right, but we're kind of neighbors. Siamo paisani. <laughs> <laughs> I get a kick. I said, "Where's this McCarter girl?" Oh, uh, well, it's you know what it is. It's the grandmother's sides, honestly, and then the grandfathers yeah. were not. Maybe another time I'll tell you a story about my grandmother, the uh, smartest person I ever met. I like that. Without school, of course. Yeah. Without school. Anyway, listen, uh, uh, you know, I know everybody can call and think that they can be the general manager of the New York Yankees, but I think I told you before, I could be the general manager of the New York Yankees. (laughs) Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, exactly, especially when it comes to evaluating pitching, mm-hmm. which I am sorry, but Cashman cannot evaluate pitching, you know. Yeah. I'm trying to think of somebody other than CeCe that he brought in that was, that was any good, but I can mm. give you a pen that stunk. But, you know, Danny, again, I may have told you in previous calls, when you make as many deals as Cashman makes, you're going to have some clunkers, Okay. I get that. Mm-hmm. And we've spent the season talking about Gallo and Donaldson. You know, this guy made two blunders in, in two days, Danny. Number one, first of all, I liked uh, Monty for the last couple of years, not just because we traded him. Mm-hmm. And I know he was not going to end up uh, be a Cy Young winner. Right. But he was a grinder. Yeah. He was a grinder. And as you know, he was a lefty, mm-hmm. and I don't get rid of lefties. But yep. then also, also, you know, we didn't get past Steele, who we needed badly. Yes. And everybody thinks it's because.
because they were protecting Volpe. And then I find out Volpe is in double A. And are you serious? Because earlier in the show, you said the window is now. Yeah. The window is now. And I got to worry about Volpe. And I told Moose in a, a previously that, you know, even I, I, I know that it does, uh, it's sacrilegious to say anything about Jeter, who I love. You know, Dominic, I did I did hear this call, and 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 I I'm going to answer it the same way that Moose did. You you can't you can't minimize what Derek Jeter did here in New York during that run. And I said I understand that, and they yeah. probably couldn't have won without him because of his leadership. I get that, but but you can't put that tag on some kid down in in Double A, and 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 then you don't get the. The, uh, I would have traded both shortstops in, in the minor leagues. No, see, that's, <laughs> see that's, that's, that's pushing the chips too far in. I understand, but we needed them. We, listen, Danny, we don't have enough pitching unless, unless Seve becomes Seve. We don't have enough That's pitching. right. That you're right about. And, you know, the one thing I would say, because I did hear you call the moves before, and, and you told them, you know, about Derek Jeter and the impact and all that, that, that um, the one thing is Derek Jeter plays every day. You know, a pitcher pitches, a starting pitcher, that is, pitches every fifth game, you know, and, and whereas a position player plays every day. So You know, Danny, I shouldn't have used DJ as the example. That was my mistake because it, it, it was sacrilegious. I, I, I get that. All I'm saying is shortstops do not win championships all by themselves, you know, you, especially today's baseball. I understand there. I understand, but but a pitcher pitches every fifth day. Like how can how how is that any more important well, than a shortstop who plays every day? I, I understand, Danny. So I don't want. I, I'm comparing it against Volpe. That's the thing. You know, this Volpe better turn out to be Babe Ruth and Mickey Mantle hmm. combined. The way way it's going. So I I am not buying what he did with that. But with Monty, I am convinced that the St. Louis pitching coach knew how to fix Monty. Yes. And I and and, and our guy did and you know something? Yep. Damn it. Why didn't our guy know how to fix him? It just burned it. We are going to regret and this kid that pitched against us last night didn't pitch too bad either, by the way. So he gave up a, he gave up a home run. Yeah, JP Sears, yeah. Forty nine. Yeah. Right? You know. So, yeah. anyway, Danny, so hey, hey, the one thing, Dominic, I can say, the one thing I can say is this. Oswald Peraza, they expected him in 2022. He's here. He's their third prospect. Um, Anthony Volpe, he's they're expecting him next year. I mean, let's not put the pressure on him to be the next Babe Ruth or Mickey Mantle. Let's, let's not do that. Let's let Anthony Volpe be Anthony Volpe. But the Yankees, you know, listen, they, they think so highly of him that I'll say this again. They did not go big game hunting for a free agent shortstop this offseason. They got a stopgap guy in, in, in Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. He's here for, I think, this year and next year, just in case Volpe's not ready. But they are they are grooming Volpe to be the next guy, to be the next guy. And, it, you know, the, the MLB pipeline. I mean, they they nailed Peraza. Let's see when Volpe comes up what he can do. And I know he's in double-A. There's probably a promotion... Uh, probably by the end of this year, if not right at the beginning of next year, and then and then you never know. You they, never know what can happen. They brought it upon him. All the pr- he doesn't deserve the pressure because right. he didn't say anything. He didn't. But Cashman and the Yankees, when you don't want to give up that for 
right. a top of the line starter in Luis Castillo. That's right. what we're talking about. Obviously, right. the, the expectation is high, and it's not anything he said. No, it's not anybody, anything. No, like any, it's his talent. Said. It's his talent. But the Yankees have put a ton of pressure on this guy knowingly because they know they didn't make a move that maybe they needed to make to get a front of the line starter in Luis Castillo. And the Mets did the same thing because I would talk about this with Evan and other Mets fans during like leading up to the trade deadline. If the Cubs asked you, Francisco Alvarez for Contreras and yes, Robertson, do it. Would you have done it? Yes. Some uh, most Mets fans say no. I would have done it. Say, and and that's and that's the difference. Like, what do you value? Do you value your chance of winning yeah. a world, of a chance to go deep in the playoffs, mm-hmm. which both the Yankees and Mets have the ability to do? Yeah. Or do you want to really save some of your prospects and be like, you know what, we have the ability, but we also have a re- we have top prospects that are really really good, and we kind of don't want to give them up because we don't want to mortgage the future. In that Mets scenario, those are two players that are absolutely needed on this Mets team, I would have done it. Yeah. Yeah. I so would I I think I would have done it because I think Robert I think Robertson now listen, Robertson's not Mariano Rivera, but he's that big of a deal that if he's you if you have Robertson eighth and Edwin ninth, I mean That's it. Yeah. Game's over in the seventh inning. Most yeah. likely. And really if if Scherzer and DeGrom stay healthy, I I mean game might be over in the in the eighth inning to be to be fair. So I know. I know. All right, let's go to uh, Long Island. Joey, you're up next on the fan. Hey, what's up, Daniel? What's up, Joey? Uh, what's going on? Uh, yeah, as far as the, uh, the lineup thing goes, I mean, I don't, it just seems pretty obvious to me. It's, it's, it's home run production. I mean, if you look at the numbers, it's, it's just basically a slugging thing, and, and, that, and that's their problem. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they want to play home run derby in the postseason, yep. and that is their philosophy. Don't make, you know, make no mistake about it. Mm-hmm. They think it's easier to hit home runs, okay, when the teams that are winning the World Series are playing baseball. Uh, you yep. know, yep. they'll back they'll back, they'll back him before Rizzo because they think he's more likely to hit a home run. He's got more power. All right. Uh, and they have their leadoff man. Me, I mean, me, I guess you'd, what I would do is Fantendi, uh, Judge, LeMayhew, uh, Rizzo, and then Stanton distribute your righties and lefties, or you could, you know, do it the other way and have, you know, Judge bat third. Yeah, that's Whatever what I would want. I would want Benintendi, LeMayhew. It's kind of like the Nimmo Marte sort of deal, right? Benintendi, LeMayhew, then Judge, then Stanton. That's what I would do. And then Rizzo, or vice versa. Them. Exactly. That, that's what somebody who understands baseball would do, but they have their philosophy because right. they think it's way too hard to play baseball. They're the smartest guys and, in the room, right? Yeah, yeah, and you know what? I mean, listen, uh, your caller, I think two callers ago or whatever it was, he said, you know, they don't have enough pitching. I, I think Stevie's going to come back and be nasty like he was. I hope so. And what I've seen the past couple years is they don't hit. Yep. They do not hit in the postseason. Yep. And, you know, you know, I mean, the idea behind the Ben Intendi, a high-average contact guy, was to, you know, uh, walk guys in, hit them in, yeah. whatever. He's, he he. This is a low home run season for him, but he does have some pop. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, like, but instead, they, uh, you, you're going to put him at the, uh, the second half, the back end of the lineup. Yep. I mean, I like Trevino. I like IKF. I think he doesn't get enough credit for how good he's been. Uh, he's one of their better hitters on the team. Mm. Uh, but, you know, I mean, he, he, what is he hitting, like 270 right now? Mm, I'd have to look real quick, but go ahead. I mean, you, you compare him to, to Donaldson, who's getting paid $25 million. Well, yeah. Uh, you know, and I love Clay Torres. He's, he's, I don't think he's not uh, 2019 Clay Torres. Yep. 
265 for Sorry. kind of for left eye right now, by the way. 265. I mean, I can compare that to some of the other guys besides Judge Alenio and Ben Sandy. Yeah. He doesn't have pop. Well, he and that's the thing, though. He Joey, he represents to the Yankees the the anti-Yankee philosophy that we were just talking about. It's 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 the Benintendi Kiner Falefa. You know, it sounds like a a, a, a political ticket there, but um, it, it's they represent those two kinds of hitters represent the anti-Yankee approach, to the, especially the postseason. You said it. They try to play home run derby. It doesn't work against guys like Verlander, who has having. Literally, uh, you, I, I saw a graphic the other day of, of his Cy Young winning season and this season. I mean, the numbers are, are, are comparable. I mean, like, they're almost exactly the same. So if you think you're going to come in there swinging for defenses against a guy like Verlander, you're not going to have any sort of success. I mean, it, it's it's the same story in year in and year out. Benintendi, Kiner Falefa, those guys I think are going to be the impact guys in the, in the postseason because that's what postseason hitting, postseason baseball should be. We'll go one more for a break, Paul. One more? All right. Charlie in Danbury, Connecticut. You're up next on the fan. Oh, hi, Danielle. Uh, nice to talk with you again. Yeah, you uh, too, Charlie. That uh, we're both born in the middle of May. Uh, I was. I just did it uh, about 30 years before you did. So. <laughs> well, that's anyway, all right. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we've spoken before. Uh, uh, as far as why they dropped Benatendi down last night, there was a left-handed pitcher starting. He's left-handed. It's that simple. Mm. Uh, but I agree with your with. But to six, but you're going to drop him to six, Charlie. Why six? Oh well, no. I I, I would love to have him batting uh, uh, out of the bench jockey uh, that we have playing third base. But uh, uh, anyway, uh, uh, as far as uh, judges' numbers with and without Stanton, I think it's it's uh, the differential is strictly attributed to sample size. So. Could be. Uh, and that judge went on a big tear right after the All-Star break, mm-hmm. uh, and Chapman was still there uh, uh, for that first week or so mm-hmm. uh, as well. Could but be. once they were, once Stanton and Chapman were both gone, and you and you had uh, uh, Donaldson uh, batting cleanup, uh, uh, the numbers simply weren't there for for uh, Mr. Judge. You know, going back to uh, springtime. Uh, uh, I'm a big Judge fan, a huge Judge fan, and I've, I've kind of laughed that uh, uh, Aaron has indicated he wants to be a Yankee uh, beyond this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, some people in New York have him uh, moving to Queens next year. On the other hand, uh, uh, a superstar pitcher wants to opt out after this year, yeah. and nobody has him coming to the Bronx. Uh, kind of uh ironic in that yeah that's a good point you know i didn't think of it like that charlie that's a great point um i think i think just everybody just assumes that that degrom will be a med again i think that that's i don't know but that's a great point so why not jacob degrom to the yankees i don't know good point didn't think of it that way see this is what this is all about here all right, so we'll talk about uh, this Yankee lineup, of course. Nestor Cortez to the IL, uh, Josh Donaldson, and what he's been able to bring to this team or not, um, despite that that hefty price tag. And of course, um, the impact in the future of what with the Yankees and Brian Cashman in particular uh, leaking out the terms of, of Aaron Judge's deal could mean for his future in baseball, whether that be in the Bronx, Queens, 
or elsewhere. I'm Daniel McCartan with you till 6 p.m. here on The Fan in New York City. The legends of Yankees baseball. The home of Yankees baseball is WFAN. Hit number 3,000. Derek Jeter has achieved another milestone in his Hall of Fame career. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. New York City, some Mets talk, some Yankees talk. As I watch on TV right now on SNY, the coverage of the Mets, the first Mets old-timers day since 1994. So I'm uh, showing Daryl Strawberry right now. I saw all, all the Mets, all the Mets. Any Met that, that uh, oh, there's Joe Torre in a Met uniform. No, my eyes. Divert your eyes. <laughs> I also have a friend there. He, he and his son are there uh, watching the game. He sent me a, a, a picture of them in the, in the seats. With City Field in the background, so it's a it's a joyous day for Mets fans, and that's great. Uh, so we're here. I assume all Mets fans are are watching on TV. There's Mike Piazza. Player introductions are coming up next on SNY. Don't go look there, or maybe you will. But hey, let's talk about some Yankee stuff here. Um, Nestor Cortez to the IL. We haven't mentioned much uh, um, so far. It's um, I, I think everybody can see beyond the fact that it is just um, it's just a precautionary thing. Um, I'm not saying that he's not hurt. I mean, I'm not. I'm not implying that he's faking an injury of, of any sort or any anything like that. However, the timing is sort of kind of right because he's already exceeded, I believe, his, his – and I got the spinning wheel here. I can't verify that. But I believe he's already exceeded his maximum innings pitch that he's ever pitched in his entire like life. So, you know, now he gets, what, 15 days? Misses how many starts? A, Two, maybe three starts in those 15 days. Let's see. Innings pitch. Yeah, he has far exceeded the number of innings that he's ever pitched before. So his most coming into the season was 93 innings pitched. Now he's at 131. I mean, that's far exceeding that that total. And they're just, in my opinion, kind of keeping him on the shelf, biding some time. They do have a very cushionable, uh, is that a word? Cushionable lead in the division and there, there's really no need to keep throwing him out there continuously like this. So put him on the shelf, rest up a little bit, you know, and and, and then make a push. So Nestor Cortez to the, uh, to the IL is not a huge deal for me. Uh, Josh Donaldson uh, defensively looks all right. Offensively is just not cutting it, uh, especially with the price tag that he came with. And, um, and you have to think about this, and something that's not really talked about um, – is the fact that the, the Yankees leaked out the terms of of the judge deal. And if you watched the Derek Cheater documentary, you saw that it that it really they really pissed him off that, that they did that to him as well. I'm wondering how Aaron Judge kind of takes that and categorizes that um you know in, in terms of in, in his mind of like or not categories, catalogs, catalogs that in the back of his mind when it comes time to look at look at a new deal with the Yankees or elsewhere. So that's where we'll start. Ryan in Breezy Point, New York. You're up on the fan. Go ahead. Uh, two book recommendations first. Yes. Uh, Gl- Glory Days by L. John Wortham. Uh, covers uh, 1984, ESPN getting off the ground, and all the other pop culture and sporting events that okay. converged on that on that time. And... Happy Land by Wright Thompson. I think Wright Thompson was a big uh, Sports Illustrated or ESPN writer. Mm-hmm. 
unbelievable book about you know whiskey and horse racing out in uh, Kentucky. Oh, um, so okay. definitely, definitely recommend that you add those to the uh, to the dossier. But you know, you you, had, you took up the position earlier in the program, and I, I've heard a number of both fans and and commentators take up a similar position that. You know, the, the Yankees in some way acted in bad faith by releasing the terms of the Aaron Judge deal, and you, you, you referenced a similar situation with Cheater. Yeah. You know, specific to Judge, who, who hasn't won anything yet, um, who's, you know, performed very well and had a great career so far, what's the recourse for the club when they go out of their way to preempt the last year of arbitration like the Yankees did you know, give him a you know a contract where he's he's got a level of stability that puts him in the top uh, I don't know one to two percent in league history, and the and the player tells him that's not good enough. I want I want a ten year deal. I want a pension plan because ultimately none of these nine ten year deals have worked out for any of these clubs for the team, and right? For for the player, they've worked out nicely. A hundred percent. But why would the Yankees want to put themselves in that position? Look, the Yankees are uniquely situated to capture uh, value out of an exorbitant deal offered to judge in a way other teams aren't because they've already garnered so much value for pennies on the dollar. Right. You can you can attribute, you know, that large sum of money over the first six years. Right. Uh, of his Yankee career, so right. the team says, you know, that's how we're going to kind of justify it. But no other team's going to want to do that. I They're essentially going to... Oh, I, I, I think when push comes to shove and another year has gone by, it's going to bear itself out that Judge made the wrong move. And if another team wants to step out and give this guy a nine-year, a nine-year deal, that's their prerogative, but it's not going to be a good deal. And again, Judge has not won anything yet. If Judge was coming into this negotiation with one or two World Series under his belt and fantastic playoff performances, maybe I would acquiesce to it. But that just isn't the case. So, so you are beautifully outlining, Ryan, the 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 organizational standpoint of it of the deal, in which it is all correct. That all of that what you just said is correct. If you're a player and this is your only chance to go ahead and. and you know, in essence, get to the bank, right, and and secure your future forever. I mean, rookie of the year, four time All Star, home run derby champs, two time Silver that's Slugger. Fine, but can you answer my question? What is it? Well, what's the recourse for the club? How do they save face with their fan base when they enter into a good faith negotiation? Mm-hmm. They preempt arbitration and they offer him top one percent money in the league. They so, need so, to be able to tell their fan base, guys, look, we've tried. Not to mention I coming disagree, into this. But I disagree. Uh, that's not in good faith once you go ahead and do that. that that's not good faith. But, but they, need to, they need to in some way communicate to their fans that they're being proactive. Why? We met with him. They were. We met with him. We met with him. We met with him. And they even met with him. Nobody really talked about this either. They met with the, his camp uh, around the All-Star break too. No one really talks about that. We, we know that. But the, the, the deals, I mean, come on. You don't go around discussing your salary like that. I mean, it's just that. Well, you don't want it represent. You don't want it represented that they gave him a low ball offer. They gave him a great offer. And that's what they could say. But Ryan, history. that that's what they could say. We gave him the best offer that we could possibly have given him. Period. But that that doesn't that doesn't effectively get the message out, in my opinion. Okay. If I'm a fan. I want to know how far were you willing to go? Did okay. you just give him five years? 
that's a different story. Well, well and, and what, happened was, Ryan, down- it, what happened was, Ryan, it backfired on them because the, de- the details of that contract went out. He started playing like a madman, and now the Yankees are, are the laughing stock of like, well, well he, he's really? He's still not in a position of leverage. He's 30 years old. His career will decline in the next three years. He is a cash cow. He is the face of Major League Baseball, and he's about to win the AL MVP. I don't know what more the guy could do, honestly. Well, I, I, all of those things being true, that does not give him that does not give him the credential to command thirty-five to forty million dollars at, at the age of thirty-seven, thirty-eight, where his fielding will be. You know, significantly hampered as we've seen as we've seen happen over and over again. Well, then, Ryan. Guys. Then you know what, Ryan? Enjoy watching Aaron Judge in a different uniform. That's all I could tell you. That's it. Enjoy watching him and play in a different uniform. Uh, Steven, Bayside, Queens. You're up next on the fam. What's going on? Uh, I actually I, I don't totally disagree with that previous caller. If it really comes down to the number of years, uh, if uh, if he's going to get. You know, ten years from another team, I think the Yanks are going to take a pass. Yeah, I, and I agree I think with you. That, I think that would be the right that would be the right decision for the franchise long term. Anyway, I called up about Josh Donaldson. It's, sure. it's something just kind of interesting. Um, I mean, it's real easy to just say that. Well, Josh Donaldson's thirty six. He comes over here, maybe his bat's slow. He's not performing. Yada yada. It seems that way, and then you see him kind of, you know, go to places like Toronto and go places like Oakland, and he looks like the old Josh Donaldson. And I saw something over the weekend that was pretty interesting. His home and away splits <clears throat> this year, uh, when he's away from Yankee Stadium, he's still pretty much the old Josh Donaldson. And if you look at his home, his career splits at Yankee Stadium and everywhere else, mm-hmm. he's never hit Yankee. He's basically been this player in Yankee Stadium okay, so let's his look. whole career. Okay, that's a yeah. good point. Let's look at it. Home and away. Home. Josh Donaldson, just some easily comparable numbers right in front of me. Josh Donaldson, home, he hits 168. On the road this year, 276. On base percentage, 263 at home, 354 away. Slugging is almost double. OPS is just two and a half times. You're right about that. That's amazing. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. And this is going to be a big question for the Yankees this offseason is – can, are you going to make the determination, can he just not play that much in Yankee Stadium, or uh, will you think he'll get past it and he'll be fine next year? Uh, I would think that this is just going to be another trade that they're going to have to chalk up to. Tried it. Joey Gallo didn't work. And I think you got to move on after this year because the guy's just never hit his whole career in Yankee Stadium. So I am looking at the numbers here. And this is, Steve, it's a great point you brought here. So I'm looking at the ballparks. Just career. Uh, oh, is it this year? I'm sorry. It's this year. Let me go back to the career splits. Hold on. Um, but right now what I'm seeing is that you're right. He is not hit well at all at Yankee Stadium. Hold on. Let me get the career splits here. I just want to have such a, you know, a small sample. So I'm just going to sort by batting average. So when you look at, where is it? Ballparks. Batting average. Yankee Stadium. Look at this. There are three ballparks. Um, of course, Yankee Stadium is a bigger sample size than the other two. But there are three ballparks in Josh Donaldson's career where he hits 167. That's tied. It's the worst. PNC Park, Turner Field, and Yankee Stadium. Yeah, and now wow. you can tell me this is a small sample size and all that. No, not the Yankee Stadium. The PNC and the Turner Field are small sample size. Yankee Stadium, he's had 86 well, games I mean, here. Yeah, I mean, before they made the trade, you know, looking at the numbers, you'd say, well, you know, okay, small sample size, yada, yada. Mm. Well, it turns out that the guy just can't hit Yankee Stadium. I mean, it's just that simple. Yeah. So I, I'm hoping, I do hope that they'll, I mean, look, they'll take the L on it. 
move on, get a, get a lesser package, but then they gave up. I get it. But uh, I think he has another year on his deal, correct? Uh, I was, you know what? I was just, guess what I was just doing? Um, I was just typing in, in my notes here, where I have like a, keep, a couple interview questions, and I was just in the middle of writing, Donaldson can't hit Yankee Stadium. Why not? And I and I almost want to go up to him and ask him that in an obviously a nice way. Um, but sorry, yeah. you, you caught me doing that, taking a note on myself here to find that out for you the next time I'm there. Uh, but in terms of his contract, he has got uh, this year, next year, and then a mutual option for 2024 on this deal. So there, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. So maybe they, I would think that the move would be to just uh, to part ways after this season. That's that's not a bad move there, Steve. The question is, what are you doing then? What is DJ LeMahieu your third baseman every day? Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, I don't know. I'm thinking that you're going to shift. You're going to shift around the guys that you have in the infield. Yeah. And um, yeah, and maybe you know you do have those two shortstops uh, on the radar for next season. So I think they could work things out. Yeah, you know, it's not it's not a bad thought. It's it's really not because it's wow. Did you how did you did you figure that out all on your own? Uh, no, I, it, this was uh, there's a Yankee blog that I'm a big fan of that uh, pointed it out uh, on yesterday's uh, post. Yeah, yeah, well, well, good on them, Steve. And you're right. That's a that's a great, great point there. The, the, the numbers bear it out. I know I'm looking at just batting average. I get it. I understand that. So, but when you look at other numbers, the Yankee Stadium is at, is at the bottom of a career um, for Josh Donaldson. Second to worst slugging percentage in his career occurs at Yankee Stadium. OPS. Second to worst career OPS is the worst at Yankee Stadium for Josh Donaldson. So, good point. I love it. I love when when callers bring the like the best points. That might be the best one of the day. Let's see if Douglas in the Bronx can top that. Douglas, you're up next on the fan. Hey Danielle, welcome back to WFAN. <laughs> Thank oh. you. Yes, I uh, happy belated anniversary. I know you had mentioned it during your vacation. Yeah. The, around this time, uh, five years ago, as you started at FAN. So I browsed some of your tweets at that time, mm-hmm. and three of note, which I... Oh, no. Said, now I'm uh, scared. I, oh, no. Everything no, that's on the internet, I'm scared. <laughs> no, don't be scared. For, uh, three Yankee tweets. Go ahead. First, you were, you were against the trade for Sonny Gray, mm-hmm. which turned out to be accurate, right? Yes. Uh, the, the funniest one was you wanted the Yankees to trade Aaron Hicks. We still can't get rid of him. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But, but, but my favorite one is, because this is around the time... Uh, with uh, you still had the waiver system, and you wanted the Yankees to pick up a Detroit Tigers starter by the name of Justin Verlander, mm-hmm. um, and that was I mean, pretty bold at the time because at that in most in major league circles he was considered washed up. So yep. you know, think of that. Think about that five five years since. So Douglas, I do um, I do yeah. my homework, Douglas. I I do. Yeah. Do that. Yes. Yes. Um. Uh, you stole you stole the words out of my mind about Nestor Cortez. I was gonna talk about that. Yeah, I ahead. do find it convenient he landed on the injured list uh, this past week. Yeah. Um, that Yankees they're going out to Oakland, uh, L.A. You know, not the not the cream of the crop of the American League here. Right. So it's good timing. And as you mentioned, the innings limit. Um, he's far surpassed his career high. So yeah. it's um, us Yankee fans. We don't want to see our. Yan- Pitchers injured, but at the same time, we like them also fresh for October. Right. And I think when, very- you, you look at the schedule. The Yankees on, on this road trip have one, two, three, four games in Oakland, three against the Angels, and then you got Tampa Bay, which is something to be quite concerned about a little bit. But then, but you've got 
in the next after that, the next three series, two of them against Tampa Bay. Cortez will be back for those games, definitely. Definitely, yeah. And as I'm talking to you, I'm watching the uh, the Smith uh, celebration here. Yeah, me too. I like that they're playing a game. Yeah, I like that they're playing a game. Yeah. Uh, today, uh, that'll be pretty neat. Oh, before I go, I got two TV suggestions for you because you know I'm your I'm your TV guy. Yes. First off, the um the there's a TV series version of A League of Their Own. Watched it. I have one episode left there, Douglas. I got one left. Really? Don't spoil do you, it. Ah, uh, uh, I wish there was more baseball to it. You know. Um, I mean, the movie, it's one of my all-time favorites, so Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie, but uh, I I, I find it, uh, you know, the one with Tom Hanks and Gina Davis, um, that actually had more humor to it with a series that goes longer with it, but it's not bad. Uh, I'm into it. It's all right. I'm into it, I guess, but I just wish there was more baseball to it, you know? And my second suggestion is, I don't know if you caught this, but former Jets and Bills head coach Rex Ryan, he'll be competing on the upcoming season of The Amazing Race. Oh, man, starts. I didn't see that. Oh, my God. And that's, yeah, that that's, uh, starts September 21st, CBS. And as the, a sports fan know, uh, Rex Ryan cannot resist a foot race. So, there you go. <laughs> hey, there you go, Douglas. <laughs> I think I'd be pretty good on that show. I don't know. And Douglas, and thanks for the call there. I think I'd be pretty good on Amazing Race. I'm pretty good with, like, directions and stuff. I don't know. I speak two languages. And I can understand Spanish, so that's technically three. I don't know. I think I'd be pretty good on that. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, what's it called? Um, a League of Their Own. I, I had a feeling you were going to go there, Douglas. A League of Their Own. It's on Amazon Prime. It's all right. It's all right. And, and you know what it is? I got so far into it, like four, episode four, that, like, there's only eight of them that you're like, ah, do I continue? I don't want to not. I got to see how it ends, I guess. So, there you go. So, of course, we'll keep the, the baseball. It's So I'm not giving it a glowing recommendation. And I was expecting more baseball to it. So, anyway, uh, I, I did want to talk. I try to weave in a little football here. And, and I see the baseball calls on hold. I'm, I'll definitely get to you. Don't worry. Um, but I just want to say that, you know, we experienced just the second Subway Series of the season this past week. And I don't care what anyone says. Those games definitely counted. And they definitely mattered. And to say or think otherwise is egregiously unprofessional. We already talked about this. But... Did you hear that the, the Giants and Jets are going to be playing each other tomorrow at MetLife Stadium? And don't worry. This one, unlike the Yankees and Mets series, is actually does not count in the standings. This one between the Jets and Giants is actually just an exhibition game, a preseason game. But, you know, you are still looking for certain things. And what I, Danielle McCartan, are looking for from the New York Jets first and, and what you're expecting from them, too, at 877-337-6666, just uh, in, in tomorrow's game. Uh, we'll talk about that coming up next right here on The Fan and continue with your Mets and Yankees calls as well. Your teams, your station. Call The Fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook. Better odds and favorable prices. Carton on this Mets Old Timers Day 2022, as I have SNY on the studio here. There's a Bobby Valentine shaking friends, shaking hands with a great friend of the show, Lindsay Berra. She's there with her father, I believe, to uh, to represent uh, former manager of the Mets, Yogi Berra. That's pretty cool. Uh, so, hey, Lindsay. <laughs> uh, but uh, we are here talking Mets baseball, Yankees baseball. I did want to weave in a little bit of football, but you know what? I, I got three baseball calls on hold, and let's do it. We're talking about you know the expectations of the Yankees moving forward as they're as they're um, 
you know, the roster is currently constructed and, and all that. So let's go to, uh, in, in the order that you call, Rick in High Point. Is that Jersey, Rick? Yeah, New Jersey. All right, Rick. How are you? I'm good. I'm glad to hear, uh, hear your voice. Ah, thank you. I appreciate just, that. Um, I just called, but of course, you know, about Yankee fans, you know, being idiots. I'm a big baseball fan, and I'm a big Yankee fan. Mm-hmm. But I watch Met games, especially sure. like when uh, Scherzer or DeGrom's pitching. Must-see TV. Yeah, or like in the old days when, you know, Seaver was pitching. And uh, I watched that game when Seaver struck out the last 10 San Diego Padres. And, uh, you know, I enjoyed it. But it's the Mets fans that, like, I have it in for. You, you, think these, you would think these Mets fans won every other year. I, I don't think that's a great characteristic of Mets uh, fans. I do. And, uh, like, Tierney, Tierney knocked me off. He started talking to me because, you know, I got into it with him. And uh, he's telling me about, you know, Timo Perez in 2000, if he hustled, the Mets would have won the World Series. And I said, yeah, a guy not hustling, that's worth three wins. You know, and they, then he cut me off. So I you know, I guess he, he's blocking me off then. But it's the, it's the, you know, the Mets haven't won anything this year. And so that, yet, that means they, that the Mets fans can't be excited about their team this year, how they are winning? Oh, sure they can. Oh. I mean, absolutely. You know, be excited. You know, but they're like, you know, I always call them the chance of, uh, champs of April. And I got a couple, like, little things I mailed to my friends that are Mets fans. You know, to, you know, don't miss the, make sure you, you know, you're there for the parade, the Champs of April parade that you have every year. Yeah, but I'm telling you, know, you and, Rick, by- and I tell all the Mets fans that call into this show, this team is built different. They've got a manager who knows what he's doing. They're fundamentally sound. He knows how to put together a lineup, you know. So uh, I, this yeah, Mets I'm team is built different. I'm not saying the Mets don't have a good team. You know, I didn't say that. You know, I mean, they got the Braves breathing down their throat. And I think the Braves have a great manager, too. Okay, so the, po- so the point is is what here? What, what are we getting at? It, well, it's the Mets fans. Like, you had the Mets fans say, well, Yankees are idiots for whatever shirt they wear. No, you, no. You pay- no, 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 no. Rick, the point was that you're going to go to a game and to be purposefully antagonistic by wearing a shirt of a team that, that neither team is playing on. Neither neither team is playing in the game. That, that could hold true for any sport. Of course, you know, you're going to wear. And I know Paul Roseberg well, is a yeah, Chicago I, Bulls I go fan. To... You're going to wear a Bulls jersey to a Knicks Nets game. That would be silly. Well, I mean, I you know I, that I was the, the point. I'll see I'll see Red Sox shirts there all the time. I mean, it doesn't bother me. Yeah, it, well, go... that, that's you, Rick. It bothers me. I think it's silly. I think it's silly. It's, it's you're 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 asking for it in a way. You're you're. It doesn't matter, Yankee Matt. Whatever it is. You're asking for it. That was the point. It, in like the long term, it doesn't really matter what people wear. But it's, but but again, like wearing like a Aaron Judge jersey to a Met Rocky game. That's you're you're you want to get noticed. Yes. It's almost like you want to get noticed. Yes. You want to get sauced up, right. and you want to like throw a punch or two. Exactly. That, that's kind of that's what we were talking about, right? Yes. And and on that note, whoever just called, the Yankees have been right with the Mets since 2009 of how much they've won. So it's not like the Yankees have won a lot because they haven't. And it's 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 okay for Mets fans to be excited about today, especially. I'm looking at uh, these these legends oh, on the field. It's all, exciting. Today it's an exciting is awesome. Day. Bobby V came out in the fake mustache I and the glasses, a real nice touch. <laughs> I mean, it's it. This is a very very like cool thing. Yes. And listen, Steve Cohen. This is not the Wilpon era anymore. Yeah. This is this is Stevie Uncle Stevie, whatever you want to call him. It's, that's, that's a factor. Weird. I think that's I weird. know, of course. <laughs> it, this is a factor. Yeah. I didn't think it would. You know, it took me a very long time to get out of the Wopon 
negativity, negative way of thinking yeah. that all Mets fans always had. Yep. Which is whatever will go, whatever should go wrong, will go wrong, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. It's, this is different. This is a totally different team. I know. Totally and different I'm trying, mindset. And I've been trying since February to convince Mets fans of that. But hey, you're going to take debate or not? That's fine. It's but for Mets fans, a day like today, especially a season like this season, you're allowed to be excited. You're allowed to be. There's this Lee Mazzilli runs out onto the field. All right, we got to take a quick break. We got a Marco update, and we will enter the final hour of Danielle here on the daytime in the fan. I got some Yankees, Giants, and Yankees calls on the Bronx Bombers. It is hot. It is far. It is gone. The home of Yankees baseball is WFAN. Yankees win. The Yankees win. The fan on 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Danielle in the daytime here on The Fan in New York City. I am Danielle McCartan with you for the final hour as Mike Piazza gets introduced at City Field on the TV right this second. It's been a total baseball show. I'd love to weave in a little bit of football because we do have Jets-Giants tomorrow. I know it's an exhibition game, but it's still pretty cool. I enjoy it anyway. Also, too, another point I wanted to make about the Yankees and their schedule, how soft it is over next continually next couple games. Uh, Shohei Otani. Uh, let's see. Marley Rivera tweeted that the Yankees will miss Otani when they traveled for their three-game series starting Monday into Anaheim. Okay. Well, there you go. So I guess uh, their schedule got a little tiny bit easier in a way. Well, would you look at that? And what's happening on Twitter? Trending in sports, not just in New York, but in sports right now is the phrase, the Mets. 15.6 thousand. So 15,600 tweets about the Mets. That's cool. It's just cool. It's having seeing all legends on the field like that. It's it's very cool. So just welcome into the final hour here of Danielle in the daytime on your terrestrial radio or the free Odyssey app. I want to know what's on your mind. Um, I want to tell you that I had dinner last night with um, with uh, Jets royalty, should I say, uh, the author of uh, I guess it was technically the inaugural book into my WFAM book club. It's uh, her book is X's and O's don't mean I love you. I had dinner last night with none other than the first female scout in the National Football League, who just happened to be with the Jets, um, Connie, Connie Carberg. Uh, and I know Connie's beloved in Jets circles, and she was a guest on my show right here on The Fan years ago um, to analyze the Jets draft class that year. And on her last day in New Jersey, I finally got to meet her in person, and she is just as fantastic in person as she is on Zoom and on Twitter. She had Three Jets necklaces on, Jets earrings, Jets T-shirt. I mean, it was it was everything I expected, and it was fantastic. Um, and I remember, you know, remember there was a time when, like, we were kids when you were, like, petrified to meet people from the Internet? I mean, nowadays on your phone, you press a couple buttons, you summon a stranger driving a car to your house to bring you to where you want to go. I mean, I wonder what my 1998 not-allowed-in-AOL-chat-room self would think about that. And of course, having having dinner with someone that you met on Twitter. Anyway, <laughs> what a great time I had with the former Jet Scout, a first NFL scout that was a female, a woman, um, and she is the one who is most famously known for discovering Mark Gastineau. Connie Carberg was so much fun last night, and I can't wait until she is back uh, next year. She comes up every year from Florida, where she lives now, um, to go to uh, Jets training camp. So next year. It's a date. It was so fun. So anyway, um, with that, we could talk a little football if you'd like. 
Uh, but for right now, I, I see two Yankees calls on, on hold, so so let's do it. If you want to get aboard, it's 877-337-6666 is the phone number. Uh, Paul, what are they doing? What What is that plaque on, on, on the on the pitcher's mound here? I can't hear the TV, but, but what are they doing at City Field? What is that? They, I believe they are paying tribute to the people who aren't still who aren't with us right now. That's a classy move. Yeah, I believe that's what they're doing because I'm trying to I'm trying to listen while listening to TV, the show to yeah. make sure nobody like curses and stuff. <laughs> so I'm trying to do both things. So I believe that's what's going on now. All right, so we'll update everybody on that. Yeah, they are showing the retired numbers. You're probably right on that. They're they're literally panning in on like the Seaver number here, 41. All right, so that's probably what's going on. All right, uh, back to the phones. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Heads up over there, Paul. Good job. Let's go to Roy in Brooklyn. You're up on the fan. Go ahead. Yes. Hi, Danielle. I just have a question about the Yankee playoff roster. Sure. In your opinion, do you think that Aaron Hicks and Aroldis Chapman will be on the playoff roster, assuming Harrison Bader is healthy? Yeah, so I'm going to split that into two questions here. One, should they be on the roster? And two, will they be? Yes, they're going to be. Should they be? Probably not. But the Yankees will never not include those two guys, unfortunately, for the team. Who who will they leave off? Who will they what? Which player will they leave off? Uh, Oh, I don't know. I mean, I don't think we can't make that decision right now either. I mean, we're all it's August twenty seventh. You know, we can't. We're talking October, October what, October 10th or so? You won't be able to make that decision now. We can have that conversation. We can answer that question at at a later time. But I'm not willing to go out there and say, like, up. X player will not make it onto the roster. I'm not doing that now. It's just it, there's a lot that, that of baseball to be played and a lot of guys that have things to prove. So, sorry. Okay, I just thought that the way Hicks is playing and the way uh, Chapman is pitching, yeah. they definitely have better options. They do, but unfortunately, you know, Brian Cashman is not going to uh, to to not include the guy he gave that ridiculous contract to in Hicks. I mean, these guys are going to be on the roster. Plain, cut, simple, that's it. Done. Uh, so, well, they would have to leave off Marvin, Marvin Gonzalez because I think this kid, Oswaldo Cabrera, is probably going to make the roster. What do you think? All right, well, Roy, here's, what, here's, here's the beauty of this. We still have a lot of baseball left to play. Oswaldo Cabrera is... is, is Outstanding right now. Wherever they seem to put him, he is making the most of his opportunity. So I don't know. That's the thing. You don't know. He can, now he can be cold. You know, whatever. People get injured. You know, I'm not making that decision right now. Don't back me into the corner to do that. I'm just not about to do that. And what was going on on the on on the pitchers mat at City Field was in fact that the Mets are retiring the number 24. Of, of Willie Mays, who played with the team in the 1972-1973 season. So Willie Mays is number 24, will be up in the uh, in the rafters over there at City Field, uh, joining, obviously, a bunch of other Mets legends, most pretty, recently Keith Hernandez. Pretty cool surprise move by the Mets, too, because nobody knew this was uh, yeah, happening. Yeah, no one knew about that. So this is a really cool move, and it makes sense. All the old-timers there, they have a good fan. Obviously, a huge turnout for first old-timers day since 94. Yeah. Very cool uh, and a smart move by the Mets and whoever thought this up. And, yeah. uh, you know, and the last Met to wear it, have any guesses, the last Met to wear 24. Oh, God. Last Met to wear 24. Have they not issued it since then? No, they have. They have. Recently. Recently. Oh, now, now people are yelling at me on the, at their radios. Uh, I don't know. 
Robinson Cano. Oh, man. I like to forget that that episode of Mets history. So Robbie Cano was the last one, but an awesome job by the Mets. This is very, very cool, and it makes sense. And, uh, you know, good for the Mets for being proactive in, in like, this area at this point of the franchise. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's a smart move, and it's a good move. It is. Good for the Mets. This is an all-around good day for the Mets, and they're showing Cleon Jones on TV who goes way back, and I read his book, he goes way back to, like, the Sandlot days with Willie Mays, which is uh, pretty cool. Okay, uh, let's go back to the phones. 877-337-6666. The Mets have a surprise, and there's Steve Cohen nodding his approval at this. He is uh, He's wearing a different uh, uh, a shirt this time. He's not wearing that blue quarter-zip <laughs> long-sleeve shirt. It's a different one this time, <laughs> which is weird to see. All right, Richard in Manhattan wants to talk to us. Go ahead, Richard. Uh, Danielle, you know, the Mets can retire a lot of Hall of Famers that played on their team. Yeah. Uh, Yogi Berra, Gil Hodges, Duke Snyder, Warren Spahn. And they all played around the same amount of time as Willie Mays. Of course, Willie Mays was the only one that got into a World Series. Well, Gil Hodges and also Gil Hodges is already retired, too. So. Oh, his number is retired. And Yogi Berra? Did they retire? Uh, Yo- Berra, no. Berra, no. no. Okay. Uh, you know... Uh, as far as the Yankee season goes, as fans, we can analyze it as thus. The first 84 games, approximately the first half of the season, they went 61-23. and 23. That was their high watermark, 38 games above 500. 730 percentage, 730. Then their next 37 games, another quarter, approximately a quarter of a season, they went their worst period, 12-25. and 25. That's a 3 30 percentage, 3 3 0, mm-hmm. another quarter of a season. So we begin our fourth quarter five games ago. Not exactly a quarter, it's out of 41 games, but it's close to a quarter. Okay. They started off the 41 games going 5 and 0. So now if they can go 22 and 14, 22 and 14, that'll give them 100 wins. I would consider that a successful season. Anything less than 100 wins this year, what they went through, will be a disappointment. And yeah, but, I think it'll be a downer for them going into the playoffs. So but to what, me, does, but what go, does 100 wins mean? That doesn't really I'm, mean I'm anything. Moment, of course, it means nothing. I, I agree. It mean, Well, first of all, it gives them a better chance to be either number one and number two seed. So that's a big advantage. Okay, but, sure. But in the right. grand scheme of things, 101, 99, it, it doesn't matter. Right, right. But I'm saying as a goal, I think if they end up going 22 and 14, they've okay. got 36 left, gives them a nice round, 100 wins. You know, I don't think as Yankee fans we can really say that much. When they're always, you know, turned around and the dust settled, and through all the bad times, trading Montgomery and trading Sears, and getting Carpenter hurt, and, you know, all these moves that maybe shouldn't have happened, uh, we'll, we'll take 100 wins, you know, through all of this. Okay, but, so, I, but, but I think a lot of Yankee fans are, this, is, this potentially could be the last time you ever see Aaron Judge in pinstripes. I mean, this guy could be playing on a different team. It's World Series or bust. It's been that way for years. I don't care if it's 100 wins, 150 wins, 162 wins. I don't care. I want to well, see a World well, Series. Well, uh, uh, Danielle, wait a second now. Two, uh, uh, six days ago, we weren't saying on uh, World Series a bust. It no, that's been grim. the undertone of the whole season there, Richard. And it was people freaking out about, well, wait a second, they're not going to make the World Series. They're yeah, it, was, it looked that way six, seven days ago. But that's a fandom. You know, that's fandom. That's yeah, no, that was really Come on, the way they were playing? Oh, come on, they look terrible. So now we have something to... In other words, they got to start... 
building momentum. So and start setting setting the team that who they're going to have in the playoffs, what their roster will be. That's my that's my take on it. Okay. So just play winning baseball, get everything set, and whatever they did in the third quarter of the season won't matter anymore. Just like whatever they did in the first half won't matter. So now is the important time, and that's why my goal is 100 wins, good baseball, get the plays you want on the roster for the, for the play, and let the chips fall where they may be. Maybe because this is what we've got to look forward to. That's fine. Thanks, Richard, Danielle. Yeah, I, I, that's the way. It's a fair. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you out there. But, you know, that's, that's, that's fair. But, you know, 100 wins, fine, great. It, it, that's just, you know, to me, it's just – it's 100 wins, it's 100 wins. It's a 99, it's a 101, it's 102, it's 898, whatever it is, you know. But just, you know, saying, hey, you know, we did it. We did it. We got to 100. I mean, that's that, – you can't say that. You know, the Yankees can't say that. And we as fans are not on the team, so we can't say that as, as if we are part of the team. But, no, this this team has World Series aspirations. They would not have backed the Brinks truck up for Garrett Cole if they didn't. You know, Aaron Judge could could not be on this team come next year. They are all in. They should be all in on this. And I think that the singular goal, the singular focus of this Yankees team should be to win the World Series. Can they do it? Do they have the roster construction to do it? Do they have the pitching staff to do it? Well, that's another question. But as far as, uh, you know, all that, the goal is to win the World Series, especially in a year like this year for the New York Yankees. Joe in Livingston, New Jersey's up next. Hey, how are you? Great. Um, how are you? So just, 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 I'm great. Thank you. Just going based on you know the last few callers, um, I really wish that they the Yankees were a little bit more aggressive in calling up some of their prospects. Mm-hmm. I think that calling up Cabrera was a good first move, yeah. but they have a couple of guys in AAA, AA that I think could help. You look at what's happening with the Braves, uh, sort of catching lightning in a bottle there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, given the fact that this really is a World Series or bust year, both because, you know, the Yankees generally, but also because Aaron Judge could leave, I think that they just have to take the risk and try for something. You know, a few callers ago, you you mentioned that they won't, um, you know, designate uh, Hicks. They'll they'll never do it. The answer is that they should, but they just never will. They should. And they, and they, like, this would be the year to do it just because the stakes are so much higher in losing your franchise player and the face of the league potentially, you know, is, is ready to leave. Um, so I really think this would be the year to make one of those, try one of those moves, calling up like Oswaldo Peraza in AAA, mm-hmm. um, potentially, you know, lighting a little bit of a fire in the lineup, playing sure. shortstop, mm-hmm. moving right Kiner Palepa to, to the bench or whatever, you know? Yeah. Well, and, so. and Aroldis Chapman, he's gone after this year. He's got no more years on his deal. So, you know, that, so, that so would be just, a clean break. You know, we're we're always told that money's money's no object with the Yankees, so I think that they should, uh, you know, kind of prove it. Bring up is he like is a Triple A reliever going to be any worse than Chapman's been <laughs> all year? There's almost no way. Yeah, well, because so, he's been so bad, right? Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, I think I think that they have some bullets left in the chamber, um, you know, in the minors that they should definitely tap into and just see what happens. Worst case scenario, you just send him back down, but you know, the upside is potentially high, and you've seen it with. The Braves this year, they've brought up two guys that have just been crushing it. You never know what's going to happen. You may have like a Shane Spencer scenario where yes. someone just goes off for six weeks or whatever, and then when you, you know, they play such such an instrumental role, and it costs you almost nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and Joe, it's a good point. And, and I think what the Yankees are sort of, I don't want to say the word afraid, because they're not afraid of anything, but 
you know, when you bring those, those guys only have a certain number of options that they could be called up and brought and sent down and called up and sent down. So I'm wondering if the Yankees are like, well, you know, we don't want to waste our time on bringing these guys up and, 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 you know, that's, that's a time you send them down after a week. That's a waste. You know, there's no, you know what I'm saying? So I don't think they, they, I don't think that they want to do that. That's not to say that that's not the right thing to do. I mean, again, Shane Spencer, that's, that's really all you need to know. Shane Spencer, you brought it up. Um, so unfortunately there's no way that Hicks is going to be left off this, uh, playoff roster. Unfortunately, there's no way that Aroldis Chapman is going to be left off this postseason roster. And and that's just how it is. That's how the cookie crumbles. You ever watch Bruce Almighty? That, that's how the cookie crumbles. So, um, yeah, I think let's let's do a little shift in, into football, if if we may. Um, yeah, should we break? All right. So the Jets and Giants, as you know, um, they're about to play a, a preseason game tomorrow at MetLife Stadium in New Jersey. Last time I was there for, was for a Lady Gaga concert. The day after I got back from Italy, Lady Gaga was awesome at MetLife Stadium, might I add. I think I put a picture up. Like, I was in the upper deck, 300s. The stadium was literally shaking, like, underneath your feet. I mean, it was an awesome concert. I love Lady Gaga. And um, I, I tweeted something along the lines of, like, I wish, I hope, my hope for this football season is that the Jets and the Giants rock this stadium, move this stadium like Lady Gaga uh, has tonight, and I put up a picture, and it was just, um, it was an awesome concert, number one. But number two, uh, we get a good glimpse of an exhibition game between the Jets and Giants tomorrow afternoon. Um, what am I looking for for either team? I think we'll start with the Jets, um, because I think I'm looking for a lot of more things from the Jets, if that makes sense. I know that's kind of crazy, but, you know, let, let's see. Let's talk about what we expect from the Jets, and of course, we'll take your Mets, Yankees, and whatever phone calls Giants as well. Um, in the final 40 minutes here, I'm Daniel McCartan on The Fan. Have something to say? We'll answer the phone. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook. Better odds and favorable prices. Time here on the fan in New York City on this Mets Old Timers Day 2022. The first time since 1994. It's pretty cool. Uh, they've retired Willie Mays' number to the rafters as Mike Piazza uh, kneels down. Oh, this is this is cool. This is cool. All right. So um, maybe we can shift the focus to football a little bit. So the Jets and Giants are uh, tomorrow about to play their 53rd. 53 actual exhibition game between each other in the past 54 summers. So 53 out of the last 54 summers, the Jets and Giants have met in the preseason. And typically it's usually the the, the last game of the uh of the preseason. And they're scheduled to play tomorrow and it's just you know, it's it's not like the actual real life games between the Mets and the Yankees this season. It's it's a preseason game and those Mets and Yankees games counted. These do not in the standings. So there are still things, though, that y- you would like to see from each team. And you got Robert Sala saying that he plans to play his starters between a quarter and a half. So that means that, that to me, that tells me they're, the starters are getting the first quarter, probably half of the, the second quarter. That's what my guess would be. And um, from the Jets, um, the one thing that that I'm going to focus in on uh, for this game is the Jets' defense. 
Um, it's a defense that ranked, we talked about this on the show, it's a defense that ranked last, absolute last in the league in total defense uh, last year. It's just a miserable, pitiful, pitiful unit. I mean, 32nd out of 32 teams, as we talked about last year. You know, Zach Wilson could put up 500 points a game, but the defense can't keep 501 off the board, then boom, you're done. Done deal. And so... Uh, it's just a miserable unit. So that's the unit that I'm going to be focused in on tomorrow. I know Zach Wilson is not going to be the quarterback. Uh, it will be remain to be seen if Joe Flacco will be the week one starter. We don't know. Nobody knows. Uh, the Jets probably don't even know. But A, here's what I'm looking at. Sauce Gardner. Um, I am very um, cautious about speaking in superlatives about guys that come out of the draft, whether that be NFL, NBA, anywhere. Any guy that makes the leap from college to professional, eh, it's a cautious. It's a cautious optimism surrounding the guys, right? So Sauce Gardner, I mean, the nickname Sauce, the, 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 whole, the whole thing. I'm like, okay. The, the scouting report I remember seeing that I had on him was that his footwork is not great. So I remember getting out here that night after the draft, and I was like, hey, like if he could – you know, buy into the coaching and, and, and fix his footwork. He could be really good. He could be really good. And there were more things, but th- th- that was the big thing. And that was the big knock on him in his scouting report, his footwork. So at, through this point, I mean, it, it, it looks like he can hold his own. Uh, and I saw, I'm trying to find it in my phone now. There was a, there was a, a, um, a graphic that went around, uh, made its rounds on the internet. Here it is. PFF, Pro Football Focus, said, they're not even throwing in Sauce Gardner's direction. And, he, and they put an island emoji, meaning, you know, Revis Island, right? So, Sauce Gardner, and this was posted on what day? Tuesday. So, just a few days ago. Sauce Gardner, 18 coverage snaps without a target. Mo- the tied for most among cornerbacks in the preseason. And I know it's preseason. But they're not even testing him which makes me think that he could probably hold his own, which is a good thing. But I think the Jets seem to have a real big hole opposite him. Will DJ Reed get the start? He's dealing with some knee soreness. Um, what will he, Brandon Eccles, Justin Hardy, even Bryce Hall, what, what are they going to look like out there? Because that position group, that secondary for the New York Jets, continues to be a major question mark for me moving forward. So let's see what they can do against the Giants on Sunday. And those Giants receivers that literally fly all around the field. And then the next thing, so I'm looking at Sauce Gardner. That's what I'm watching. Now, this next thing I'm watching is um, is is Carl Lawson and C.J. Mosley are expected to play. These guys are expected to play for the first time, and they thought they were going to play last week in last week's game against the Eagles. And then um, Robert Sala, of course, made the decision at, at pretty much game time to say, like, you know what? No, you guys are going to sit one more week. So I'm excited to see what they look like together, okay? Because Lawson, as, as as you know, Lawson is coming off an Achilles injury that cost him all of last season. He is a monster on that defensive line. And I can't wait to see both him and Jermaine Johnson, the, the guy that the Jets went up to draft, who I... On draft night, was like the Jets should go up and get him. They should climb up the ranks here and go and get Jermaine Johnson. And they did. 
and they did. So I, I, he is a ex- player that I am excited about as well. Um, so so Lawson and jo- Johnson on the on the line together for the first time this season. How, how I see it, Daniel Jones should be under duress. Should, and then C.J. Mosley. Well, um, he's been Mister M.I.A. Right, so he played in only two games in 2019 before he had that season-ending groin injury. Okay. And he opted out in, in 2020 because of COVID. But just last season, right, just the 2021 season, he um, he led the team by far in, in solo and, and in combined tackles last season. So let's see what he looks like. I know he was like, you know, the shining star on, on a team that, that doesn't, you know, it's, it's not. It's it's the worst defense in the league. So you're like the shining star on the worst defense in the league. So what is the what is the barometer on that? Are, are you a really good player just on a bad team, or does that really bad team make you look better? So uh, those are the kind of things I'm looking for, mostly on the defensive side of the ball um, for the Jets. You know, it, it would be a lot different. The focus for me would be a lot different if it was Zach Wilson under center, but it's not going to be. It's uh, it's going to be Flacco. And as I have one eye on, on Mets uh, Old Timers Day, uh, Franco got a batter, Gooden then got a batter, and Orozco is now on, on the bump for whatever, Amazons or whatever team this is. Um, but what, what a cool day to be a Mets fan. You know, and it's just making me sit here thinking as I'm watching this and the camera angles, and Mike Piazza looks like he can still catch, quite honestly. Uh, I'm kind of thinking, you know, it would be really cool for the Yankees to have a game like this. And you know what, though? It's a little confusing, not confusing, but it's a little confusing to watch on TV because they're all wearing the same uniforms. Um, I don't know. Maybe that would be a fix for next year where they can change, you know, some just the jerseys maybe even. Make one blue, one white pinstripe. But um, I think this is a really cool thing. I, I wish the Yankees did it. I know they had their reasons why they didn't do it this year. Um, that being that they said some of the, the, the press release said some of the, the major, major, but some of the players that, that were going to be participating – you know, un- had to undergo, you know, procedures. Um, David Cohn being one of them. He had a hip hip procedure not long ago, and he he is there, and I think he's playing. I'm not sure if he's playing. I I have seen. I saw him in uniform at City Field today. Let's put it that way. Um, and uh, it was you know it's oh Piazza. I just take that back. He just dropped <laughs> a fly ball. Oh, he looks like he's laboring too. He's sweating. <laughs> dropped a fly ball in foul territory. Oh boy, he's laughing. This is fun. I mean, they got uh, what's his name mic'd up. This is cool. They got uh, Steve Gelb doing uh, uh, interviews on, on the side. That uh, Zeal, Zeal. I'm sorry, Zeal. He's mic'd up. He's doing a lot of trash talking. It looks like. Um, so, uh, looking forward to what the Yankees can pull off next year. I hope that they have guys like you know Jorge Posada wanting to play, Mariano Rivera wanting to play, and and you know I think the biggest glaring miss you know miss. From from this past old timer celebration was of course Derek Cheater, um, and I think uh, it's 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 not a great look. You know, it's just not it's not a great look for the Yankees and and not having their their most celebrated Yankee in recent history, not being there. It's you know it's it's a little it's a little disappointing. <laughs> and the miracles are up one nothing on the Amazons. <laughs> this is fun. You having fun back there, Paul? You watching that? Fun time.
Look at Piazza. Yeah. No, it, this is this is like so awesome to watch. Specific, I guess I'm way more with the, you know, the late, mid to late 90s, early 2000s players that are there that probably yeah. really aren't old timers. But for me, yeah. like seeing, you know, seeing the, the Mer- well, not Merck, but like Turk and Dennis Cook. And Patrick Mahomes and Benny Agbayani yeah. and like all these guys who and P, and Hunley and Pia like very cool, very cool as a Mets fan who hasn't experienced this before. Maybe in two or three years, I get sick and tired of the old timers day, and hopefully all these guys stay healthy and no one like you know breaks a hamstring or breaks a leg or shatters a bone. Right. Obviously, I think that's a that might be a concern, but as long as that doesn't happen, I, I it's very cool. That was an awesome ceremony. The the surprise retirement of Willie Mays, twenty four, yeah. the icing on the cake. I got some tweets about that. People the, were emotional about that. Sure, the it, just like the icing on the cake to an exceptional day. Apparently, it's gorgeous outside right now. I wouldn't know because I'm in here. <laughs> yeah, me too. But apparently, it's gorgeous outside, which is wonderful. Uh, it's just cool as a Mets fan who hasn't experienced this before. It's very cool. Yeah, you know, and I'm trying to find out, um, David Wright, um. Which I just talked about Derek Jeter being absent for the Yankees, but David Wright being absent for the Mets. Uh, every yes. article I'm clicking on has been a paywall, but it's been from two weeks ago. So I I wasn't so here he, when that news came out. So he is not there because he doesn't view himself as as old. So he didn't want to be involved in an old timers game. Really? Yes. Which I don't mind. I think. Listen, if you want to go on that hill, I'm okay with that because I I'm like that too. I look at these guys, like you, you know Murphy, who was. Crushing Clayton Kershaw five years ago. I, is he really an old timer? Probably not. But like, I don't. I don't mind. I don't mind that happening. Honestly, I actually don't mind David Wright saying, "You know what? I'm not old. I'm not doing this." So that's kind of the when the Yankees didn't have Derek Jeter. That is the point that I brought up. Maybe, and I was kind of being facetious about it. And I was like, "Well, maybe he just doesn't want to be called an old timer. Like, maybe, no. maybe they have to change it to an alumni game or something instead of Old Timers Day." No, it's Jeter thinks it's below him. Come on. You think Jeter so? has way more important things to do than that. That's why. See, that's not that's why right. he wasn't there at the Paul O'Neill thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. And that, and that got a lot that got a lot of coverage and it just he doesn't he doesn't need to do that. Yeah, he, but it's it's he doesn't need to be there for that. I'm sure he, that's his theory. He was there to promote his uh his documentary. Well, of course, because that's him. He's promoting himself. He doesn't care about anybody else. <laughs> He's promoting himself. Of course he wants to do that. Yeah, he won't be at all times. They're saying he doesn't feel he's old enough, said David Wright. <laughs> Come on. Oh, I don't know, man. Look at Bartolo Colon. I mean, people still wanted him back last season. He's there pitching right now. Oh, I think I think there's a chance uh, some team might call him after this. <laughs> no. Oh, man, he's... They have the radar gun on? They should have the radar gun on. They don't. That was a that was a pretty fast pitch there. That had some zip on it. He oh, was he, practicing. He's... You know he wants to, like, fire in some <laughs> BBs here. Well, you know, I love that he took it seriously. Because when I threw out the first pitch at the, uh, uh, at the, the God, why can't I think of the name? This, the, what game was I at? Oh, my God, why am I drawing a blank? Oh, my God. Anyway, I, I went, and I made sure I practiced before I went. And, uh, and I, I videotaped myself. I was going to do the Nestor Cortez. I told Nestor I was going to do the Nestor Cortez, and then I did not do the Nestor. I did the me. I did the Danielle McCartan, not the Nestor. Oh, my God. What what team was that? The Rockland Boulders. The New York Boulders are called now. Oh, my God. How did I just? Oh, my God. I'm having a brain fart. I think it's time to go to break, shall we? 
Let's throw it a break. All right. And then finally, we talked about what the expectations for the Jets in this game tomorrow. We'll talk about the expectations for the Giants. And, of course, we'll close it out with your Yankee expectations for the rest of the year and Mets expectations, too. Let's keep it rolling. I'm Daniel McCartan with you till 6 p.m. here on The Fan. The hits keep coming. Oh, what a judgy and blast. The home of Yankees baseball is WFAN. Way up in the bleachers. The Fan on 1019 FM and always live on... I'm not going to be that annoying. Hi, everybody. I'm Danielle McCartan with you for, I don't know, I guess another 15 minutes or so here on The Fan in New York City. I'm Danielle McCartan. As uh, a lot of people must be tuned in to this Mets old-timers day game uh, because um, the tweets have have kind of stopped coming. So if you want to tweet me at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N, usually the tweets are alive and well here. Um I got a few tweets here from Bob. Bob Krantz, he said, uh, he put a screenshot, and he said, uh, this had to be the most awesome and tear-jerking baseball event ever witnessed with my own eyes. A mini-cosm of what baseball heaven must be like for many former rivals, all united as Mets. How can anyone not be choked up? And he put a picture of uh, Willie Mays' number 24 being retired by the Mets. And he said, uh, when Willie Mays' number was retired, I completely lost it, and I'm a grandfather. I don't know what being a grandfather has to do with it, but it was a definitely a, a, a unplanned. It was definitely a surprise, and it was a great look uh, for the New York Mets. Great look, and especially when you had a, a couple of his teammates surrounding him or surrounding the uh, the number being revealed on the field. Uh, you got, of course, Cleon Jones, who was very close to him, um, Ed Cranepole, and others. So great move, classy move by the New York Mets. And uh, this is exciting. This is fun to watch. All right. So um, it's time. It's time for the last segment. So it's time to get your calls up, uh, on the on the boards here, 877-337-6666. Um, I, just before I go, I, I would like to talk about kind of expectations. And, and not expectations, but but what I'm looking for specifically in this Jets-Giants preseason game. I know it's preseason. I know it doesn't count. But – it, it is the Jets and Giants final tune-up, and the Giants open in um, in Nashville against the Titans on September 11th, and the Jets open up at home against the Ravens on September 11th, and I will be going um, with as a guest of, of the Jet Lounge, which is a, a group of, of Jet fans who do a great job at engaging fans and whatever, so they invited me, and I'm going to go. So September 11th, I, I think I've already got my outfit picked out. You'll have to wait and see for that. I can't wait. I'm so excited. I am so excited, and I will uh, I'll give you a hint. No, I don't want to give any hints. I don't want to give any hints. Nope, you'll have to wait and see on September 11th what I wear to that Jack game because I think you're going to be very, very happy. Um, it's, it's a nod to some of the first responders. We'll put it that way. Period. Stop. No more. No more hints. I'm one of those people that when they, I buy a Christmas present for somebody I want I want or a birthday or whatever, you want to see it? You want to see it? You just want it now. You just want to open it. You know, that's how I am. So, no, I'm going to stop myself from giving out any more secrets about that outfit that I'm wearing to that game. But anyway, uh, this Jets Shine game does not count. I get it. Um, but just because this MetLife Bowl doesn't count in the standings, it doesn't mean that there isn't anything you, you could be watching for. And for me, it's going to be the Daniel Jones-David Sills connection. 
Uh, it's something that has, and the game's at 1 o'clock tomorrow at, at MetLife Stadium. If you're going, I'd love to hear from you. Um, but it's just something that has been, um, I guess, I don't want to say at the forefront, but it's it's something that is worth noting. This Daniel Jones-David Sills connection, because you go back to that Bengal game, uh, and I'm talking the preseason, David Sills had five catches. You know, and they're playing limited minutes and limited snaps and all that. So he had five catches. He generated a passer rating of 90, around up, 95 when targeted. And he had a pro football fo- focus grade of elite when he had his six run blocking snaps. So David Sills uh, is somebody I'm going to be watching. Because then, that wasn't just a one-hit wonder, because then at the joint practice with the Jets, Jones, and jo- joint practices, by the way, I love. We can talk about that in, in my next show, but I love those joint practices. But at that practice with the Jets, Jones and Sills connected on several passes, including there was one where finally they're allowing Daniel Jones to to, to wing it downfield because that's where he's best, right? So him and Sills connected for a 20-plus yard connection downfield. And and that was from Art Stapleton. He noticed that. He he observed that. He published that. So this could be legitimate this season. You heard it here first, I guess. Secondary, I guess, after Art. But this this Daniel Jones David Sills connection could really be it this season. Um, I'm excited to watch the next iteration of it tomorrow. I want to see how they improve upon it, build upon it um, against this Jets defense, which should be improved. But I'm not expecting a, a ton. Uh, from this Jets defense this year. I'm just not. I'd, I'd love to be um, pleasantly surprised. But Jones, Sills, that is the one thing I've I'm, I'm got my eyes on for the uh, for the Giants for tomorrow. Okay, we'll go to the phones for one last time here on the show. 877-337-6666. My mom just texted me and that said, Dad's loving this old-timers Mets game. <laughs> okay, thank you. All right, Ben in Queens is up on up next here on the fan. Ben, go ahead. Morning, Coach. I'll keep it quick. Firstly, congratulations to Curacao and Hawaii. They go on to the finals of the Little League World Series. Um, as far as uh, quickly on the Mets, it's all time is day. They're having fun. This is a time. Parents, if you're there with your kids, you go, when, when I was your age, this guy played. He played. The, and I did the same thing that I do to players now. That's what I heard from my dad or my mom, you know. That's always the allure of Old Timers Day, just the memories and passing the information along. Sue me as a Yankee fan, but I remembered when 10, 11 teams in the league had Old Timers Day, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's one of the things that I'm missing. That's one of the things that would hook in the younger fans. Right. And, And finally, for tomorrow, Jets, Giants, play the game. No injuries. That's the important thing. Mm-hmm. I don't care who wins. Right. No more injuries. Please, for the love of God. <laughs> and, and Oh, wait, wait. W- one. Denzel Mims, goodbye. Don't let the door hit you on the end on the way out. Yeah. That's it. That's yeah. it. I mean, <laughs> thanks for the time. Glad you got the slot today. <laughs> thanks, Ben. I appreciate it. Um, and and I, I want to clarify something as well, and I'll get back to what Ben just said, but before I forget, because I'm very forgetful. <laughs> remember, I couldn't remember which team I threw the first pitch out for, um, but somebody tweeted me and, and, and replied to uh, to two of us, and he said, Willie Mays is still alive. 
Yes, Willie Mays is still alive. He's, he's born on May 6th, and he's 91 years old. I understand that. What I was getting at was, I, I, I in my mind, I guess I didn't articulate it great, but in my mind, I was thinking of, like, the Field of Dreams, right? That's where, kind of where my mind went, and all those guys up there, you know, having their number retired by the Mets, like a Tom Seaver, and what that game must be like up there. Uh, and, and, you know, having these guys all all play up, up you know, what, what that game must be like, you know? I don't know. I don't know. But yes, Willie Mays is still alive. He's 91 years old. I get it. Um, and I will obviously be asking Cleon Jones to, uh, I was going to say tomorrow, Monday about that. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to clarify that as well. So, but and here's a Denzel Mims thing. And, and Ben, thanks for bringing that up one more time here. Um, and he just sent me the Field of Dreams GIF. Yes, exactly. Um, if you build it, they will come. Exactly. Um, to what I was talking about, um, my God, what was I just saying? They threw me totally for. By the way, my cousins just went to the Field of Dreams. They, Mike, they were visiting other family in Iowa, and I said, "They say, oh, Iowa, what are you gonna do?" I said, "Oh, drive to the Field of Dreams." And they went, uh, and my cousin rubbed the, a baseball uh, on the mound. It got a little dirt on it, and they're gonna they're gonna send me that. Or actually, he's coming up. So, but anyway, so um, Denzel Mims, just because he wants to be traded, doesn't mean he gets to be traded. How I see it, the, the cutdown happens on on um, on Tuesday. I think he's going to make it past that deadline. And I think the, the Jets are going to kind of hold on to him in a, in, a, in a way to see if they can they can squeak out a fifth rounder for him. Because I put up a poll last night, and most everybody thinks they're going to get a fifth rounder. And some choices, maybe I shouldn't have started with, with two, three, four, five. Maybe I should have started with th- three, four, five, six, slash, seven. Most everybody thinks he's worth a, a six slash seven or, or a fifth round pick. So I think the Jets are going to keep him on the roster and see what they can get out of him past Tuesday, but we shall see. We'll see. Uh, thanks to all the callers. Could not have done this without you, and I love coming here and talking with you every single time. If you missed any portion of today's show, hit that Odyssey Rewind feature and select the start. It's a free app, by the way. 2 p.m. Great job to Paul Rosenberg behind the, the glass today, as always, and to Marco Belletti here in the studio with the updates. All right, mark this down. I'm going to see you 2 to 6 a.m. Monday morning, 2 to 6 a.m. Tuesday morning, and 2 to 6 a.m. Wednesday morning. I've got Cleon Jones. I've got another book review. And I think Susan Waldman's going to call us live from the West Coast. A triple header, if you will. You're going to see a lot of me this week, everybody. I can get used to that. In the meantime, social media, at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan. Let's keep the conversation going. I will see you on Monday morning, everybody. 1019 FM. Remember you